All right, all right. Take your seats, all the all the rowdies and ruffians. Um, sit down for another fun episode. This week, uh, we get to hear from my highly esteemed co-host. Get into it. I am, of course, your co-host, Adam. And without further ado, <laughs> my <laughs> my co-host. Uh, if Outcast wrote a song about him, his roses would not smell like ooh ooh ooh. Uh, his son does know who his father is, so that's a great thing. And he is smart enough to run the radar on the Death Star. And for this episode, just like I get my chance to, um, I don't know if it's come out or not, but he's going Han Solo for this episode, and I am going to be sitting in Chewbacca's chair. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate how many puns you just used, <laughs> and I don't know if you know if you use the proper application of them or not. What are you talking about? The Death Star has a radar. Here's, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing. By the end of this episode, you're going to go back and you're going to know if you made proper reference in that. Because what we're talking about here is something near and dear to my heart. And we're going history of Star Wars. And I'm not doing history of Star Wars, like the making of the movie and all that kind of stuff. Star Wars is a, it's, it's meaty. It's real meaty. And if you have listened to the Lord of the, Ring at, Ring, <laughs> Lord of the Rings episode, Daddy likes his meat. It's just something about the lore and all of, like, the backstory and all the shit that, like, goes on that is fucking awesome. And that's also one of the things that makes it so overwhelming. So, before we get started, my goal is to entertain people that know about Star Wars and provide some facts they might not have known. But I want to make Star Wars approachable. You don't have to like it after this, but if you wanted to flip on a new series or watch a movie... You would know who the characters are, and you would know like what's led up to that point. And I'm going to try to make it easily digestible because I don't want to hurt your tummies. I'm in. All right. Hey, so before, before we start, uh, let the force awaken. No, see, <laughs> and you're going to understand why that. W- okay. Nope. You you ruined it. All right. You ruined it. I was going to say, strap in, Chewie. We're going into hyperdrive. Uh-huh. You're going to have to redeem yourself by the end of this. It's going to be magic. Okay, so in the famous words, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So like any galaxy, this galaxy is formed just throughout the forming of galaxies, supernovas, black holes, all that, whatever, Mm -hmm. all that kind of shit we don't understand. And so once the galaxy comes into being, one thing about like, you know, the force everyone is familiar with the force from if you know anything about star wars the force actually almost has like a weird scientific explanation element to it so it's basically described as like an energy field that kind of like binds and generate or binds the universe together and all life together well what it basically is is there is some type of like there's the cosmic force which kind of moves throughout the universe and that's kind of like the afterlife type stuff 
fate, things like that. Yeah. And then you have the living force, and the living force boils down to a scientific thing. And all of this comes to being at the kind of the beginning of the galaxy forming. Is there like a, a positive force and a negative force? It's just the force. So the force can be adapted in positive ways and negative yeah, ways. Yeah, it's just how you use it. Yeah. So you right. can either use it for, you know, the, what they consider the light side of the force or what are going to be known as the Jedi or you can use it for your own means. It's a form of power is basically what it is. So it's whether you use that power to, you know, subject people and to benefit only yourself or whether you try to use that power for the good of the many yeah, and to protect people. So the force comes into being. And from a scientific standpoint, when beings start coming into being, I guess, on all these planets in this galaxy, within their cells are these things and they're microscopic organisms. And I hate even mentioning this, but it's part of the history now. They're called midichlorians. And basically, the amount of these things you have in your cells determines what your force sensitivity will be. The more of them that you have, the more attuned you can be to the force, the more you can use that to... It's kind of like an enhancer. Like, you can use it to, like, jump higher. You have a form of almost, like, awareness or your reactionary time because you can see things better. And that's kind of like where the Jedi get their power. They're just kind of heightened individuals. Is this, like, a new technology that we just learned about, or is this an older technology? Are you trying to compare it to something, or like in what way do you mean? No, like when did uh, Star Wars scientists find out about this? It would be, well, it takes place a very long time ago. Um, <laughs> the Jedi find out about it sometime around like the time they're able to like look under a microscope at okay. something like for so basic genetics. scientific. Yes. Okay. But I don't know if anybody knows what it is because it's not like these people that are sensitive to the Force. They just start out, they don't start out as like, the good guys and the bad guys that use the force. They all actually start out people that are force sensitive. They actually don't even like all get together. There's just some people, you know, a person in a village, they're like, you know, that's crazy. Ted, crazy <laughs> Ted seems to have this relationship with the animals and he can, t like, he feels like he can talk to him and control him in reaction. In actuality, he can, that's maybe one of his powers. Yeah. So but, it, it comes into being almost like a superhero would gain their powers and <clears throat> in our realm. Yeah. And so, to basically explain the time frame that we go off of, like, you know, the insane time frame we go off of, like, before Jesus and after and that, how yeah. that works. So in, in the Star Wars universe, it's all based on uh, this thing called the Battle of Yavin. And that's what takes place in what people are familiar with being A New Hope, the one that came out in the 70s, the first one. Yeah. That was the Battle of Yavin. So all the this shit that takes. So BBY. Episode four. Yes. Okay. So anything happening at this point, you refer to it as BBY before Battle of Yavin. <laughs> After the Battle of Yavin, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Awesome. But anyway, so about 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, um, this planet named Coruscant, and it becomes the galactic capital. If you've ever seen the movies, it's yeah. the planet that basically looks like it's a giant city. It's where the council meets. That's where the Jedi Temple is at the time. It's where the Senate for the Galactic Senate, Senate yeah, and Senate. everything like that. That's right. Yeah, That's where all that kind of stuff is. So that starts to form and like the civilization that lived there started to build cities. Everyone's kind of trapped on their own planet at this point. Space travel doesn't get invented like hyperspace, doesn't even get studied until about 57,000 BBY. And basically some astronomers that were able to get into like orbit in around their own planet and stuff like that, they saw these animals, like natural spacefaring animals, and they were called uh, pergil. Huh. And... They're like, how the fuck? They're basically like giant space whales is yeah. kind of what they look like. And like, how the fuck are these things out there? And then these things like launched into hyperspace. 
So they were able to go ahead and manipulate space in some way that they can naturally do this through, just through evolution. So I don't know. Usually what that means is they fucking caught some and killed them and tried to analyze what they yeah. were doing and all that shit. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and thus hyperspace travel is actually born. But the thing with hyperspace is it's like trying to draw a line and you have to stick to that line. So if you don't know what's in that line for as far as you're going, you're going to crash into a moon or a planet. Yeah. So it's kind of dangerous. It's still like a new front. It's the new frontier is basically what it okay. is. So in 25,000 before Yavin, this is when like this group of people are able to get together and they call themselves the Dai Bendu. And it, they're like the pre-Jedi. They basically create like a social club of people who feel like they're special and might have like some force abilities. So this was on the original planet? I don't know what planet this is actually on. I ju- I'm just trying to, there's a okay. lot of this shit, man. And so I'm just trying to hit some of the finer no, points of you. it. I get you. I'm sorry to shoot you down so early into the episode. Um, this is bas- a whole new world for me. Like, literally. It's like, going to be a lot of new worlds. I, I like it's it. It's going to be. So. This guy, basically, he's known as the Prime Jedi. He's basically the first dude that was like, hey, um, why don't we use these powers for good? Let's get a whole bunch of us and try to get a whole bunch of us together. So he founds the Jedi Order on this planet called, it's like Octo or something. And it's basically like an ocean world with like islands on it. So it's like a monastery. So they're really? like monks. They're huh. basically at this okay. point, they're not Jedi even warriors. Monks. Like lightsabers don't exist at this point or anything like that. So they're just people that like know they have this weird spiritual connection in different ways and they get together as like in a monastery basically and they're like kind of like monks. And they have the force. They have the ability to like tap into it. Okay. Yes. They're and they're using it. They're not using it for like evil or like control or anything like that. They're just kind of like the fuck is this? They're and probably they're like, more studying what is going much. on with Yeah. Them. Yeah. And so around this time this other planet it's called Ilum is discovered and what makes this planet special is through the natural formation of the planet it has formed these crystals within the planet and weirdly enough the crystals are like a kind of like a tuning fork for the force they can become like attuned to the force and in a sense they discover that there actually can be attuned to a specific force user so like you can find the crystal that like speaks to you and like hums at your same frequency and then that's what they end up using to build their lightsabers so it's not like, hey, just like when the Jedi are formed fully, it's not like, hey, go pick out which lightsaber you want. You have to, as part of your training, you have to design, you have to go find your crystal on this planet as part of a ritual. You have to find the crystal that matches to you. And then you have to assemble using the force, your lightsaber. Sometimes it doesn't work correctly and it blows up. You have to start all over again. And like, there's a. Is that where you get the different? Sorry, is that where you get the different colors of the beams? Yeah. So initially, there were just supposed to be the the red and the sorry the blue and the green for the Jedi, Uh and then red for Sith. The reason that they're supposed to be red for the Sith is they actually take the crystals from Jedi they've killed, and they force them to their will, and they call it bleeding the crystal, and it cracks the crystal and forces it to become red. That's why they call it bleeding it. So not to skip ahead. Maybe I can wait. No, no, no. Um, Darth Maul with the dual saber. Is that two different crystals? It is. It's basically is just, just two lightsabers attached to the hilt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's okay. been other force users that have done that, and then they break them off, and they're able to use them as two. Uh, okay. Any way you can figure out to use a fucking laser sword, you will. Yeah, uh, of course. 
And I'll get to when lightsabers are created because there's a scientific explanation. It's not like fucking magic. Once you discover like the science behind it, you're like, oh yeah, I guess they could do that. Okay. So the Galactic Republic in about 25,000, we're still kind of in that range. The Galactic actually Republic forms. So enough people have used like these slower hyperspace lanes because you can only go straight like, let's go that way. And then you have to figure out your next course. Mm-hmm. Enough people within what they call the core worlds. The galaxy is around like a black hole, basically. So you have the inner core, and that's where the core worlds are. Those are like the first settled ones, the ones that are usually more civilized and like the richer worlds, the older, more established ones. You have mid-rim worlds, which are the next ring out. Still kind of civilized, not really still hostile. And, you know, they each have like businesses. Some are owned by corporations and all this stuff. Then you have your outer rim, and that's where like you get like piracy and like fucking um cartels the and wild, all the wild wild west the wild wild west and then you actually have a region called the unknown region that's even further out that no one really knows how the fuck to get through but it has life bad things have come through it okay yeah it's never <laughs> usually good things coming through the unknown region so once they discover the once they actually form the galactic republic and there's been like changes throughout the course of cuz we're still fucking 25,000 years even before yeah, catching up with Luke Skywalker and shit so 22 worlds one of them being Alderaan and I'll I mentioned that because that planet comes into play later for several like key figures in in history Alderaan Alderaan okay. yeah so that one is actually um within the first 22 core worlds that the form the Galactic Republic. So then basically all these worlds working together, you get to your, what would be your expansionist period. It's like, hey guys, we're all on the same team now. We're all working together. You have planets sharing resources. So like these guys are really good shipbuilders. These guys are agriculture. Like you have like trade starts to form and all that kind of stuff. A world economy. One would call A galactic it. economy. Yeah, galactic. So basically just scale it up from whatever it is. So, like, entire worlds will be, like, almost dedicated to, like, shipbuilding. And if you want to shipbuild, you go to, like, this planet called Quat, Quat Drive Yards on this one planet. So, speaking of that, there's a planet that's actually called Corellia. And Corellia is probably famous for being Han Solo's home planet. Oh, okay. So, but it's also, like, um, like a space-faring planet. They build a lot of different ships and things like that, freighters. And actually, um, the Millennium Falcon is a Corellian-built ship. Huh. So that's kind of think of why Han Solo also has like a connection to it because it was built on his home world. Are all like the X-Wings and shit coming from there too? No, these are coming from different like, think of it like it's the military industrial complex, man, within okay. this universe. You have different Lockheed, Lockheed Mar- all this okay. designing prototypes. And the way that the Rebel Alliance got the X-Wing is crazy. Like they didn't want the blueprints to fall into the hands of the Empire at the time. So the people that designed it, all the like scientists and shit defected to the rebellion and started building them for the rebellion. (laughs) And they were way more advanced than like what the empire had. That's why they were able to, you know, kind of battle. Huh? Okay. There's a, there's a lot of shit that goes into this. In case you guys haven't realized it, I only have a very cursory knowledge of, of there's a lot of him looking at me and just nodding right now. It's okay, baby bird. You can trust me. I'm not going to take you on a trip to Mount Doom and hold you here for three and a half hours hostage. I could, <laughs> but I'm not going to. So at this point, they're kind of getting good at the hyperspace shit, and they're starting to develop hyperspace routes. Longer periods you can go through hyperspace. It's facilitating trade for freighters. Different systems are more accessible because you're able to go further, faster. Yeah, you're opening up to another ring. Mm-hmm. 
And this is kind of at a point when the Jedi aren't really affiliated with the Republic. It's not like when people are more familiar with them that they used to be like kind of the police force, not like in that way they were like the peacekeepers of of the Mm -hmm. Republic and everything and worked for the Senate. They're still just kind of like this weird kind of funky, like religious offshoots of these people hanging out on this Island planet, like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in their heads. Well, there comes a time when like it, they're growing, they're growing, they're growing. And after, um, one Jedi, the Sloan Jedi decides to, he's like, I kind of feel like we're like tapping into only like partial version of this. So he actually, the first dark Jedi start to kind of experience with the dark side and everything like that. Regular Jedi are like, Hey guys, don't do that. It doesn't even get into the point when it's like, Hey, you guys, we're going to like kill you and everything. It's like, guys, quit doing that. Guys, quit doing that. And then finally they kick them out. I think there are maybe some skirmishes, but then they're like, you're exiled from the Jedi order and they flee to this planet called Moraband. So not even, they're not even called Sith at this point. So what happens is they go to this planet called Moraband where there's a species there named the Sith. And because these guys have powers and shit, like I said, you can use this power for whatever you want. So it's going to be exactly what happens in other cultures. Yeah. These powerful guys come down to a species who isn't as powerful as them, and guess who's going to take over? Yeah, <laughs> the more powerful. <laughs> exactly. So basically, these Jedi basically come down and are able to conquer this Sith species, and then at that point, through intermingling with them and everything like that, they became known as the Sith. Hmm. And so that's just kind of the common term that you'll use for, like, Jedi that are more toward, like, the dark side, what yeah. the other side of the Force. So during this time they start to build up their power. They have basically a planetary workforce. And it's not like a, a, a one-planet thing where they're like, hey, we can see what you're doing over on this other continent, mm-hmm. knock it off. They can basically hide out and come and attack other planets because the Republic is still small. Yeah, They can go take over other population centers, and so they start to build up this empire. The and Sith Empire? Yes, Got the it. Sith start to build up an empire. Um, so... The Jedi are kind of now starting to spread out to other planets, too. And on one planet, they like establish like a cultural center on this planet called Ossus. So they're starting to kind of make themselves more known to the, the universe and the galaxy at large. And they have a history now, too. They do, but for the most part, it's people are like... I don't know if they're kind of standoffish about them, but they're like, there's these weird like monkish people who say they just want to help us and they just want to be like benevolent and stuff. I could see that being weird. So in 5,000... And that... Expansion period is like a 20,000-year period. So in 5,000, um, Battle Before Yavin, basically this event happens, and it's called the Great Hyperspace War. This is basically when the Sith re- Empire reveals itself, and it's like, surprise, motherfuckers. And this um, Sith Lord named um, Nagasato basically leads the forces in. The Sith are able to go all the way in and basically take Coruscant, which is the Republic capital. And they actually build on the planet, they build, like, a Sith shrine. I don't know how quick they're about this, but they, like, dig into the planet and create this, like, Sith shrine. And eventually, through this, during the hyperspace war, the Jedi end up battling back the Sith. They help retake. And they're fighting. It's not just the Jedi. They're just not that many of them. It's not, like, an army. They're, like, commanding the army, like, the Republic. And they're serving as, like, the generals. Mm -hmm. So they end up taking back Coruscant. And they're like, hey you know what we should do? We should like do something about this. And so they build like a small temple 
like on top of the shrine. They're like, hey, we'll just keep the bad stuff in here by yeah. building another building on top. <laughs> we'll of tamp it. it down. We'll we'll make you forget exactly. About it. Like we're just gonna pour over this. We're just gonna concrete <laughs> over it like a dead mafia body. And hopefully that's and it shouldn't it shouldn't stink anymore. Shouldn't reappear. It shouldn't it shouldn't stink anymore. So about a thousand years after that. And the Jedi at this point are kind of heroes. And so I think then they kind of established a relationship with the Republic and being like, hey, why don't we just like help you guys out? We can kind of be your guys' unofficial like peacekeepers. Well, I'm sure the Republic's like, you guys kind of want us this thing. So maybe if you want to hang out and mm-hmm. stop it from ever happening again. And so, and I probably ended up missing when it actually happens. But after Ilum is discovered sometime after that, like lightsabers start to be developed first they started these things called like proto sabers and it's basically like imagine how uncool would be if like you rolled up like a lightsaber is fucking badass but what if you had like a backpack that you had to have a cable connected to it yeah. like hold on you had to fucking start it and then it looked like a pretty cool but not as cool yeah so it kind of started out with like a battery pack that had to run into the hilt of this thing and then as technology advanced energy cells were able to be made smaller so it's like a computer yes so i'm holding up um obi-wan Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber hilt right now for you. We're getting a picture of that for the... Yes, we will take a picture of this. So basically, the bottom portion is just a battery. Yep. And the battery actually just sends energy, and in this portion, this is where your crystal would be. Okay. So basically, the power is just going through the crystal. It goes up through what they call an emitter, and all it is is it's not actually a full beam of... it's It's a laser energy. What it is is it's actually a loop. But you can't see the; it loops back on itself so closely that you can't see it. So it's basically just a loop of energy, and that's why also like some lightsabers. I know I'm getting into like crazy nerd territory. No, I'm with here. you because I'm hearing stuff that that uh, I can like see in my head. Okay, no. So some sabers like Anakin and Darth Vader's lightsaber would have a setting where they could increase and bring down the blade, so it would just close the, the loop a little bit. Yes. And so that's basically, it's not magic, it's just a science that they would basically just have a battery powering energy through this focusing crystal and going through and creating a loop. But the thing that made it special is that because that crystal was in there, that crystal was attuned to you, mm-hmm. your lightsaber would almost feel like if you if you were holding something and it hummed to the like frequency of your body to where it almost felt just like perfect. Another part of your body. Another, another part appendage. of you. So your balance and everything like that was better with it and you were just attuned to it. That's why they used the crystals that they found. Okay. Oh, fun fact. The robot that helped them all like actually design the lightsabers, it was um, he worked on a ship. They would take the, you know, when they were younglings, when they went to go pick uh-huh. out their crystals, he would take them on a ship. It was this old ass fucking ship. This um, robot was like thousands of years old, like from the beginnings of the Jedi. What? After they got their crystals, they would fly back on this ship and this droid would help them build and pick out all the parts for their lightsabers to actually build them. That's awesome. And it helped build like thousands of lightsabers. I know that's a really like. Was it C-3PO's dad? dad? No. He was, he looked cooler than C-3PO. <laughs> he was too His name was like. Harangue or something like that. He was C2PO. Something like that. He was a precursor. <laughs> so in 4000, Battle Before Yavin, this planet called Naboo is settled. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because a lot of key figures within this history come from Naboo. Mm-hmm. And originally it was some human, um, humanoids, basically human beings, um, coming into this planet that was populated by this species that were like kind of an aquatic species called the Gungans. They fought for a bunch of generations, and then they came to an agreement that, like, the humans would live on the surface and the Gungans would live under these big underwater cities. Atlantean sort of. 
Yeah, except they kind of look like kind of like fish lizard people. Oh, okay. Do you know? Are you familiar with Jar Jar Binks? Unfortunately, yes. Jar Jar Binks Uh, is a Gungan. Okay. Yeah. So, he not the best representation of his species. I believe that his species has very many redeeming qualities. I'll give it to him though. Uh, He's a very memorable. He is, but Jar Jar's um, responsible for a lot of horrible shit. Yeah. Uh, Inadvertently, just because he's not that smart. So, basically. When, like, Naboo settled, it ends up being settled and kind of established by these five royal families of, of the human. And kind of how they determine how the royalty from Naboo is going to happen throughout its history is every time a monarch is elected from one of these five royal families, that when they die or they... Oh, actually, they leave. They have just, like, quick terms of office. So it's, like, two years or something, two or four years. And then they can get elected to a second term. It kind of works in similar to the way we do things. Yeah. Yeah. But then after that, someone else is selected out of those five houses to be the, so everyone kind of gets their turn depending on who gets elected. Okay. And so one of the families that eventually established itself is uh, the Palpatines on Naboo. Another one of them are the, um, oh, I want to say it's the Beria or something like that. It's the family who um, Padme Amidala comes from. Okay. The one that has Luke and Leia's mom. Yeah. Okay. She eventually comes from this lineage. That's how she gets elected queen of Naboo in the prequel, the first prequel movie. So. She likes the the dark force. She likes the what? The dark force. No. (laughs) She does not like the dark force, Adam. She likes bad boys. So there's more expansion, you know, as they're able to get further out into the universe, there are more planets are being settled and everything. And basically there are certain planets that because of this expansion figure out that they're going to have to go to war. And there are certain cultures that are just more warlike than others. And so kind of as, you know, they're expanding the whole thing with the Jedi that it's not cool how they get Jedi is people aren't like coming in and being like, Hey, I'd like to be a Jedi, please. And they're like, well, let's do a test and then figure out if you can be a Jedi. Yeah. No, they're finding force sensitive kids when they're like young as shit. Like I'm talking like, like for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi was taken by the Jedi when he was three. Kind of like X-Men. No, like I, sorry. And I mean three months old when I say that. Oh shit. Okay. So like, no, what I mean is like, so I think if parents suspected that their kid might be force sensitive, because the Jedi were known throughout the universe for a while, yeah, okay. you know, yeah. I think parents would, you know, notify someone local and be like, Hey, I think my kid's force sensitive. Can you get in touch? And I'm sure they had like, Hey, Jedi temple hotline. Hey, yeah, I think my neighbor's kid. Hey, yo, I think my neighbor's kid is force sensitive. He's making these rocks float. And they're like, we'll send someone out. Huh. So they would send out like a Jedi master who would evaluate these kids. And if they were force sensitive, he'd be like, pack your shit. It's time to go. And they'd say goodbye to their families. I'm sure the families had to give consent and I'm sure it had to be a great honor. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. For those families, for a kid to go train to be a Jedi. But this was a kidnapping. Like, this was like we're giving our kid up for the you're, greater good. You're raising child soldiers. If we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. let's not. Yeah, let's not be. <laughs> you guys are peacekeepers. Okay, we're raising child peacekeepers. Is what we're doing. So, this planet has these people. There's a planet called Mandalore, and it is populated by the Mandalorians. Yeah. So the first Mandalorian Jedi. And they're like kind of a very like warlike people. His name is um, Tar Vizsla. And I don't know if you've ever seen it on TV shows or anything, but there's a thing called the Darksaber. 
And it basically is a lightsaber, but instead of having what you would consider like just a rod for the blade, it actually looks like a blade. And it sounds very specific. It has a very specific hum to it. Like this has a sound mode that has that. If you hear it, you instantly know what it is. You know it's something different. Yeah. And it's like a black blade, but it glows white around it. It's fucking badass. Yeah. I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah. So he actually used, he invents that for his lightsaber. So after, you know, he's been a Jedi for a little bit and this doesn't have any bearing on what's going to happen, but that is called the old Republic that existed. So the fall of the old Republic actually happens when the Mandalorians decide that they're going to go to war and start expanding themselves. And it's still not to the point where it's just like, there's a fucking Republic outpost on every planet. So if like an enemy rolls in, it's like, help, help call for help. Like you can have these planets taking over other planets and the, Republic planets not even knowing about it or hearing about it and not being able to do anything. It's the, it's fucking space. It's enormous. And you can only have so many warships and everything like that. So like the Mandalorians are coming in like straight up nuking planets, like cities and shit, and then taking over and then forcing people into, to serve in their army and all this shit. So the Republic and the Jedi, it's gotta be growing pretty quickly. It is. And they've kind of specially modified themselves, not like biologically, but they've designed their combat and their armor, like almost specifically to handle Jedi. It almost enhances their powers. They're the ones that like the show, The Mandalorian, they got the jetpacks on and the yeah. helmets that they never take yep. off and shoot fucking fire out of their wrist and mm-hmm. that shit. They do all that to give themselves an edge against Jedi who can use the force and okay. their armor is resistant like to lightsabers, all that kind of shit. Huh. So... The Jedi, the actual Jedi Council that exists at this point, is like, hey, we're not going to get involved with this. We're not going to fight this battle. And there's this dude. And here's what I'm going to say before I get into this. There's a lot of branches of history that go along with this. Some are what they call recognized or canon. Some stuff is called non-canon. It's determined by the people who are Disney, the Mouse House, (laughs) what is currently canon. Somehow they have thrown out some of the best stuff and made it not canon. I'm going to add in the stuff that I want to that's canon. That's the most badass stuff that happens. You're not Bob Iger. I'm, I'm not behooven <laughs> to, to any mouse, any mouse, dog, duck, or other dog. But if you would like to throw some money our way for sponsorship of this podcast, uh, we'll be giving our socials at the end, Disney. Yeah, throw absolutely. some of that, throw some of that cheddar our way. Yeah, we like the cheese too. So anyway, so the Jedi are like, hey, we don't want that smoke. Uh, We're peacekeepers. We're not, you know, we're not soldiers. We're not fighters. And this Jedi Knight, his name is Revan. He's like, hold up. Nah, we're not doing that. So he and like the Mandalorians have been causing like atrocities. Like, I don't need to say that nuking another planet is not an atrocity, but like drove some species to like extinction. There was an instance where they had like a a civilization or a species on the planet, they were getting ready to like wipe out the species. And one of them, like actually the Mandalorian stuff is like, what are we doing? Like, this is genocide. Like, this isn't what we're about. (laughs) They killed her along with the rest of the species. Like 200 of them made it off planet. Revan at one point went down. And when the Jedi council was still like deliberating, if we're going to get in on this, he went down and found evidence of all this and actually took her Mandalorian mask. And that's what he used. Revan? Yeah, this is what Revan used once he started using a mask. 
So he goes back to, and I don't think he started using it right away. He uses it a little bit later in his career. He goes back to the Jedi and he's like, you know what? I'm not sitting this one out. And so it wasn't like, hey, you can't do that. It was like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't go do that. Please don't. He's like, fuck you guys. And he had a bunch of followers. Like he had a guy that was had trained with him since he was a kid that was his best friend. His, his name was Alec. <laughs> So he's taking like a special forces of Jedi. He takes some, a bunch of like knights okay. want to go with him that didn't think they should be sitting this thing out yeah. and basically launch a war. And now he's leading like the Republic forces against the Mandalorians. So, and he's in, a great tactician. He's really smart. He's an excellent like warrior and everything. So he starts like the Mandalorians are getting victories, but like they're f- battling the Mandalorians back. And he ends up, there's this pivotal battle between like the Republic and his forces. I think they call themselves the, the Revenkists or something like that. There's always a weird ass religious name to following somebody. And the leader of the Mandalorians, not very original. His name was Mandalore, like something like that. I had to start somewhere. There you go. The planet's called Mandalore. So again, not very original. And he gets on the horn with Revan. He's like, let's settle this one-on-one. It's warrior culture. They respect that kind of stuff. Revan's like, I'll be right over. They go over to his command ship. He ends up killing this guy. Not Before only does he, the mono-a-mono or during the mono-a-mono? He kills him during the mono-a-mono. Okay. It's like a sanctioned match. He's like, oh, okay. you kill me, my people will give up. We're, you know, we'll surrender. We do this. So Revan's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking smoke this guy. Not like they just caught him and stabbed him in the dressing room. No, no, no. This was like a sanctioned, a sanctioned thing. Like let's, let's do this the old way. Yeah. So he ends up killing him. It was, you know, an an intense battle, but, um, Revan ends up part of their culture is the whole helmet and mask Mm. thing. They have to have his mask, Mandalore, the mask of Mandalore to assign another leader. Revan's like, nah, it's mine. I'm taking it. Yeah, why so, would you give that back? Yeah, he's not going to give it back. So what ends up happening is he is supposed to report back to the Jedi. You're like, okay, you already you beat these guys. You need to report back to the Jedi Temple. And during some of this like Mandalorian war, he started to hear rumors from the Unknown Region that there was like a Sith Empire out there. And so after the Mandalorian war, he was like, uh, I should probably do something about this while I'm out here. I might as well handle this too. So he doesn't end up going back to the council. He follows a bunch of clues and is able to find this, um, thing that was built by like an empire a long time ago called a star forge. And it basically used the power from a star and was able to manufacture war materials and ships and build all this kind of stuff. The star forge. Yeah. Some of this stuff is not, it's just that simple. Like it's we're ju- talking about ancient blacksmithing and now we're talking about No, it was a, a huge space station that was developed by this highly advanced empire that had like destroyed itself. Yeah, but a forge is something where you made I know it is, but what it does is it, it builds stuff, it creates ships and everything. Listen, man, I didn't write this shit. <laughs> okay. I All just right. enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Do you want the history or not? Yeah. <laughs> the I'm gonna you have to use the term star forge if that's alright. That's fine. Okay. You're just going to have that smile. It just you You're forging stars out there. Uh, there okay. It, yes. Again, not clever. <laughs> so he basically uses this star forge and kind of through his own machinations kind of falls over to the cis side and is like, I've got all this shit. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be a Sith, but I'm going to go take down these other Sith. And so basically... He goes to take down these other Sith. He ends up getting brainwashed and sent sent back oh, no. to make war, like on the galaxy. 
him and his buddy Alec. He's now, Remnant's now the master of the Sith. Malak's the apprentice. But, like, he just, he wasn't gonna... I don't really know how to... Like, he came over to fight them, but he was not an He was not prepared, match. yeah. He was dealing with, like, some type of, like, Sith... Like, I don't know, some guy that was way more powerful than him in the dark side. Okay. He got so, convinced and brainwashed. Like, t- I don't know if he got tortured or whatnot, but he got sent back and he's like, go soften up the galaxy yeah, and everything like that. And then we'll come in and we'll have peace and order. That's what it's always, you know, we're trying to bring peace and order. We're just trying to bring it through power. The Siths were evolving their dark side. It is, but while it, they were over the there, thing, the, it exists that in the world. So it's just like, they're using the power for their own benefit and their own, you know, machinations and everything. Mm-hmm. But, it's, I mean, as far as, like, the whole time where they were unknown and nobody had come over to mess mm-hmm. with them, they had advanced. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they were just biding their time. Oh, okay. So they basically send, they're like, hey, Revan, go back and, like, kind of find out what the status is and what the strength is. Cause some chaos and start doing some damage, and then we'll come in and sweep up. We got some shit for them. Exactly. Okay. So he comes back, and there's basically this Jedi Civil War. What ends up happening is the whole thing with the Sith is it's a master and apprentice type situation. So, but it's not just one master, one apprentice that comes later on. Every Sith master would have an apprentice. So you'd have like fucking 50 or hundred Sith masters and a bunch of apprentices. And the whole thing is, is not only is the point with the master and the apprentice, the apprentice is supposed to at some point try to kill the master to usurp them mm-hmm. or die trying. And then the master gets another apprentice. Then they're infighting with other masters and apprentices. So there's all this fucking infighting and shit. So hmm. when Revan comes back, he kind of is just like, no, it's just me and me and Malik. And yeah. this guy changes. And that's when you start to get the Darth stuff. So he's Darth Revan, Darth, Darth Malik. So them and the Republic get into like a space battle. There's this uh, Jedi chick and her name is um, Bastila Sean. So I'm just going to say it's Sean. She has this weird pa- uh, power that kind of allows her to influence the outcome of battles and everything like that. She can, like, bolster the morale of, like, troops that she wants to. Okay. So they basically Greek are having goddish this... almost. Huh? Like, Greek goddish. Like... Kind of. You can embolden people to fight better. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Encouragement. Yeah. Something like that. So they're battling and they have this plan to basically send like a Jedi strike, like a black ops team. They're like, we're going to board Revan ship and we're going to kill him. There's going to be like five of us. So she's with them and they get onto the ship. They get to the bridge and Revan's like, all right, let's, let's fucking do this and gets ready to fight. Well, at that point, Malik is on his flagship and he's like, Oh shit, here's my chance. And he's like fire on the bridge of his ship and has his ship fire onto Revan's ship. He's <laughs> like, I can just kill him and all the Jedi right now. And then I can be the master. Yeah. Like, that's, that's their mindset. Okay. So however to get there. Exactly. You're gonna get yeah. There. There's, it, there's no, there's no harm in that. There's no dishonor in firing upon someone's ship. Um, and what happens is Revan gets like critically injured, but then like, Basil Sean has an idea, so they actually grab him because they're going to be like, well, we can at least interrogate him, get some more information. Yeah. They take him back to basically the Jedi headquarters at that point, the Jedi homeworld, and they're like, what if we fucking like re-brainwash him and then we can find out about all this other shit? It's, it's yeah. He's just the Manchurian candidate. He pretty much is, man. <laughs> and so they basically make him think that he's not like a Jedi. He's just like a normal guy. 
Because they're trying to get him comfortable and then yeah. try to find out what he can lead. Because they're like, where did you get this giant fucking enemy fleet? We'd like to know more about what... Tell what's us about on. the Starforge. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he ends up like waking up and being like, the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? And through all this series of events, um, Basil Sean is kind of like put into his orbit to try to like guide him to getting these yeah. memories back. He finally finds like retraces his steps to like how he got to the Starforge. And as he goes, he starts picking up bits of his memory. And then all of a sudden, remember how I said um, he stole the, not the mask that was the chain of command or the new Mandalore, but the- The dead woman's. Yes. When he was Revan, Darth Revan, that's the mask he wore. Okay. And so- And he remembered that. He ended up like finding the mask or something like that. And it jogged his memory. And he's like, oh shit. He's like, I was this guy. But then he decides not to be that guy anymore. And he's like, okay, he's like, maybe I can dabble in this a little bit of both. He ends up through, you know, the normal Star Wars series of events, Hero's Journey. He ends up finding Malik, kills his old apprentice. And then he's like, I'm going to go back into that Sith Empire place. And this time I'm not going to get tricked. Bad I'm going to kill that guy. So he ends up going back and is really kind of never, never heard from again. Jedi aren't supposed to have relationships or anything, but there is a child that may have been conceived between him and oh. and Bastila, and she ends up becoming like a grandmaster of the Jedi Order or some shit. The child? Their child? Or Bastila? No, no, no. Their child. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Or she might be the child of them. I'm trying to remember how it went. No, no, no. It, she, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, before we continue on, can we get a, a bathroom break in? We can get a bathroom break. Well, hey there, all you sexy historians. How you guys doing? It is time for socials. Where can they find us on Instagram? If they want to uh, follow us, they can find us at Historically High Pod on Instagram. That goes the same for threads as well. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Ooh, tell them about Twitter. Historically high. That's historically H-I on Twitter. And if you want to email any of your comments or suggestions, where can they find us at, Adam? At historically high podcast at gmail.com. Gmail. All right. And back to the show. All right. We're back. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've learned so much, and the little knowledge that I have is starting to be tied together by what you're saying. Did you have a little Bacta? A little Bacta. Yeah, Bacta is basically like the miracle cure. Like, think penicillin, but if penicillin could, like, cure everything. And so basically, do you remember in Star Wars when you would see people floating in tanks? They'd have that oxygen mask on and be floating yes. there. Yeah. That's a back to tank. So basically you'd okay. submerge your body in this and it was supposed to like heal you. Like I thought you, you were trying to set me up with the D's nuts. No. I wasn't gonna <laughs> when you said back to, I thought it was like back to your throat or something like oh, that. Oh, God damn it. That's actually good. <laughs> we're going to have to add that in as a Star Wars pun. Um, all right. So we got, so we got about 1,000 years, 1,032 uh, battle before Yavin. Before so, YBB or BBY. 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 BBW, um, whatever. So basically, the end of that Sith Jedi Civil War and everything, the Jedi officially build like their big ass temple on Coruscant again, right over that Sith shrine. They're like, we're just going to keep it in. Yeah. 
Like they had a little one, but now they're like moving in. That's like where big, they're big yeah, temple. Yeah, okay. exactly. This is where they're going to do all their shit, their library, yeah. all their training, all this stuff. This is their central location because they got to be close to the Senate. The academy has got to know where the, the stuff, yeah, goings on. They do they have, have representation now? Like, are they a part of the? Nope, they're just the peacekeepers. Okay. They're not involved in it. They're just kind of that branch that, like, hey, can you guys go handle this peace negotiation or handle this border dispute or something? So they don't have any votes in the Senate. Nope. Okay. Nope. No, not supposed to have any political aspirations or not supposed to lean on any side of the political spectrum. Supposed to be totally neutral. That's good. Yeah. So at the end of this, this is when basically the Sith are thought to have been wiped out. And there's this guy that ends up surviving. His name is Darth Bane. There were a shit ton of Darths during this time. This guy survives and he's like, we basically just killed each other because no one could keep from fucking backstabbing. And then all the Jedi, it's like an organized force versus a disorganized force. Okay. So... He's like, I'm going to figure out a way to do it better. So he says, I'm going to do this new thing. It's going to be called the rule of two. At any given time, there are only two Sith lords that you could still have people you train to be like Sith assassins and they could still use like a red lightsaber. But people that were like lords, the two head guys always had to have a master, the head guy, and then an apprentice. No more, no less. I feel like we're too lenient here. What like do you mean? The, it was a bad idea. We shouldn't just let them continue to train. I don't get where you're. What do you mean? Because if they lost, they should like they they toned it down to what it was. Like there was still just two of them, right? There. Were, Why no, did no, they no. allow two of them? This guy escaped. It wasn't like this guy just sat there and he's like, "Hey," and in front of the Jedi was like, "I'll just keep it at two of us." He escaped from like the final battle. But he didn't want to grow the Sith Empire. No, back because into- he he his outlook on it was the Sith crumbled from within. They can't oh, go back okay. to the same system because they we all want to keep the things small. Yeah. Small government. Exactly. Okay. So what he's doing is he's like, we, we can't beat them because by the time even we rebuild, they're just going to be that much bigger. And they have this Republic. He's so he designs this thing and it's the grand plan. And this takes place over like thousands or like at least a thousand years. What he's basically going to be doing is he's going to keep it down to two Sith and they're going to manipulate through political dealings and everything for a th- however long it takes to enact this yeah. until they're back in a system of control where they're not just trying to like take over you know, and make war on the galaxy. They basically just slip in and take it over without anyone realizing no it. No bluster, no nothing. They're just going to try to sneak in. They're the not even going to know that the Sith still exists. They're just going to operate as businessmen yeah. or as like people of prominence. Until one day... They're, they're back into power. Exactly, but they're going to use their powers to essentially do maneuverings and everything. And so, again, Darth Bane comes up with the grand plan. The, the centerpiece of that is the rule of two. So, not a bad plan. Not a bad plan. Hey. A lot we, less bloodshed. Yeah, we, we tried to kick in the front door. Didn't work. It didn't work out for us many times. There were many, you know, fights. They leave a window open for us, though, yep, we're in. Exactly. And he knew it was going to be such a long-term plan that he didn't have any intention of enacting it himself. He was simply going to be the first piece in establishing complete Sith control over the galaxy. It's the forebearer, just the guy to, there you to go. set it up. So about a thousand since the Sith Jedi War ended in a thousand battle before you have, and you get what's called the Republic area era. This is where basically like almost all of the known galaxy has representation in the Senate. And so huh. there's a Jedi temple finally built on that planet, um, Ilum, where they get their lightsaber crystals. Uh, Yoda's born in 896, Battle Before Yavin. So Yoda's like 150, 900 years old. He's old as shit. He's born on the lightsaber crystal planet. 
No, Yoda was born. I don't actually. I don't think anyone knows where Yoda was born. Really? They don't, they don't even know his species. How it's is just, that possible it's, that there's so much one, writing on Star Wars? Because anyone that just you could make up something. I could say Yoda was from Bandorf Seven, and unless I can get approval from fucking Disney and Lucasfilm, it doesn't get made. Are there like theories in this. the book though? Here, here's an example. Uh, John Stewart had mentioned something about not knowing um, that it was a shame that no one knew where Obi Wan Kenobi was from. So George Lucas is said he's from Stu John. He basically named <laughs> he just he named it after John Stewart because John Stewart said something. And now in canon, Obi Wan Kenobi is from Stu John. That's the planet he originated from because there was never one established before. That's awesome. Do you know how cool that would be to have the fucking feather in your cap? Like, like he he wrote that book. What? Or he wrote all the Star Wars books too? George Lucas? Yeah. No. Who wrote those? Why why is that guy not chiming in? There have been so many writers of so many Star Wars like so you have the stuff that's what's considered canon like a timeline. Yeah. Then you have all of this stuff that branched off through other characters side stories. Dude, the amount of Star Wars actual like approved fiction is fucking insane. And that's even one of the more maddening things about it is that after, like, they did the prequels, which have aged better, they're not, like, fantastic by any means, but they're much better than the fucking sequels. Uh-huh. After, like, imagine it this way. After Return of the Jedi, <laughs> that was in 83, 84, mm-hmm. I think, you then had no Star Wars up until they released the prequels in, like, the late 90s. So all that there was was books and people writing books about what Luke Skywalker, like, like authors that were hired by Star Wars and Lucasfilm to write stories about Luke Skywalker reestablishing. Oh, so not just fan fiction. East established literature. Wow. And that's why when they came back and had the film rights for the prequels and then Disney bought Lucasfilm, they're like, (coughs) there's too much shit here. We have to have a single, we want to determine the narrative. And so there's a pipeline of what they picked out. All that stuff that happened after Return of the Jedi, literally like 25 years or so, uh, like, yeah, 20, 25 years of these insanely, like, well-crafted stories. Like, you had this new Jedi Order that Luke established, but then he broke with certain traditions, and he, like, was like, well, we should have families. We should have something to fight for. So he had a family and had a kid. And then, like, Han and Leia had, like, twins, and they went on and had, like, a new generation. It's like, like choose your own adventure with this baseline. And then they had, like, instead of doing hashing out, like, the same villains... They basically had, like, these crazy fucking creatures called the Yuzong Vong. They were, like, this bio, like, mutual, like, they would use, like, living creatures for their armor and shit. And they were, like, naturally not attuned to the Force. All these creatures. And then they chose to make the fucking sequels. Huh. When they had all of this other stuff that was amazing to choose from. So. Wow. And that is my two cents. Do we want to get uh, my Star Wars fun fact of the night out? Sure. Uh, right now? So, you know how you were talking about George Lucas just gets to name shit? Uh-huh. You remember the famous cantina scene when they go in? Of course. And you hear the music in the background? Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, yeah. Do you know what that genre of music is called? No. Jizz. Jizz? Yep. Really? G. Luke said that that was what the, the genre was called was jizz music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like out of all the research that you did, that was the stuff that the best, you found. The best I got. All right. So getting back to it, Darth Bane, rule of two. So basically during this whole Republic era, the Sith are all behind the scenes just manipulating shit, getting into the galactic. Like as weird as it sounds and is like 
making money, establishing powerful contacts, all this kind of shit. So in 867, Naboo joins the Republic and has that five ruling family type thing. Now in 500 BBY, this is what's considered the High Republic era. Not like, hey man, like this is when we've reached our pinnacle of the Republic. The Sith tried penetrating into the five families? You're going to see. Okay. Hey, I like where your fucking head's at. <laughs> I like where your head's at. And it's going to pay off. Okay. It's going to yeah. pay off. I like that. So, you know, you still have stuff, people that are like outside the law in the outer rim and everything. But the rest of civilization is pretty, the High Republic is pretty much stretched out. Locked up. Exactly. Um, this is kind of what I consider like the Jedi heyday, like rump springer for Jedi. They're like going off on missions and they're going like to explore the galaxy and all this stuff. I imagine it like the sound of music, like a Jedi comes over the hill and is like, the hills are alive. Well, you got to think too, if everybody's in kind of in unison, there's not a lot of shit that they got to go out and clean up. So they have a lot of exploration. Here's time. the other thing too. It's been 500 years now since the guys that you're having to always fucking fight against yeah. are gone. So at this point you've had some five generations of Jedi to settle down. And now you're just like, so we just get to explore shit and go find out about the mysteries of the universe. Fucking right on. I imagine it is the Jedi's giant mushroom trip. Could be like it was there. It was basically them going to Joshua tree for a while. Uh, just whatever you want. Jedi burning man. You're still contracted. You still have a job. You're still making They're money. They're still handling little skirmishes and disagreements between systems. Like someone shows up and a Jedi comes in and is like, is there a problem here? And it's not like they're enforcers, but they're just like, hey, what can we do to try to settle this thing down? <laughs> yeah. So 200 battle, uh, sorry, uh, before Battle of Yavin, Chewbacca's born. So Chewbacca's old as shit. What planet? Kashyyyk. Okay. Yep. And that's on the outer rim? I don't know the exact position. Because you would she, think because of Chewbacca's looks and his rudimentary fighting style, he was probably... Well, yeah, I mean... He could the, fly, I guess, it, yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, is, like, Wookiees are, like, very, like, social and civilized animals. They just choose to live that way, like, with nature and attuned to it. There's something about their planet that, like, it passed through during its formation through some type of, like, radiation, and that's what made all of the fucking, like, <laughs> trees grow really? huge. Because they live in the fucking trees yeah. and everything. But yeah, I mean, they just speak like they're very smart. They just happen to speak Wookie, Wookiees, Wookie. I don't know what exactly what it's called. <laughs> but they're they. I don't think they have like full on space travel. But they're like, you know, they're civilized. When they bring them into the Republic, though, they can be trained to fly ships. They. I don't know if they ever. Because I mean, he he runs it with Han, doesn't he? He's not just sitting there along for the ride. What do you mean? Him and Han Solo ride together. Chewbacca's not just hanging out; like he's still running shit. And oh yeah, he's the co-pilot. Man. Yeah, he's not like the dog. That's, that's right what I mean. Yeah, to, he's, yeah. He's got some thought to him. Yeah, exactly. He's very smart. He's all, and he's got a family. He just chooses not to talk. Well, he talks to, in Wookie, and Han can understand him. Then Han usually translates, or C three PO translates. You need to have some respect for Chewbacca. Uh, no, I like the guy. I just. It's odd that everybody else learned his language. I guess he has to understand what people are saying to him. Okay, so in in this galaxy, the, the language, what we would consider English, is called Galactic Basic. It's basically a universal language that's created that people could use on different planets and okay. everything. A lot of people also, the technology exists that you can have a translator, like uh, as an earbud. Okay. So he can talk. Han knows how to speak Wookiee, but you can have a translator that then tells you what people okay. are saying. Technology, man. Yeah. Aliens. Right there. So in um, like a hundred, 
battle before Yavin, this guy named Count Duke who was born on this planet, Serrano. He's born into like a royal family. And it's discovered, I think, pretty early on that he has force powers and he's almost like abandoned and forced from his home and the Jedi take him in because <laughs> his family thinks he's like weird and it's like an abomination he's or something. Freak. Yeah. So 84, Battle for Yavin, this guy named Sheev Palpatine is born on Naboo into one of the Naboo royal families. <laughs> and growing up, Sheev, what, he's a rascal. So never got along with his father. He thought his father was like a weak man. And I think he was the oldest of five children, two brothers, two sisters. Um, the only thing him and his father ever bonded over was, I think, like speeder racing or something. Um, and then at some point, like in his youth, he killed two people in a speeder accident. It was all just like covered up. As rich royal families do. Exactly. <laughs> and so now at this point when he's born, the current Sith Lord is this guy named um, Darth Plagueis. His real name is Higo Damask. And he's of this species called um, a Mun. And basically that species, their planet is known as like the Galactic Banking Clan. They're like the financiers of like the galaxy. They run a huge like planetary bank, loans and everything like that to all these different planets for all this kind of stuff. So he's actually, he runs this company called Damask Holdings. How it's worked throughout this whole time, like the thousand years, is basically the Sith have just been transferring assets, building fortunes, getting their hands involved in all this stuff. Quietly, though. Quietly. Doing it like as a legitimate business front. So this guy is like the Sith Lord. And he comes to Naboo because apparently like the interior of their planet has like a plasma core and they can siphon energy off like safely and use it for like power. They can ship it off world. And so basically Naboo becomes like has this export now. So part of this, like there's some like real world, like engineering, like infrastructure shit. This company called the mask holdings that he go to mask as part of uh-huh. comes in to help finance this project to start. For like, the Sith. These. He's not, um, he's doing it as a way to like gain power, but he, this is part of just maybe his, his daily moves. business. Exactly. But he's not doing it with like a, to get in further. I don't believe so. I don't okay. know if this is part of the grand plan. I think the grand plan at this point is just to gain power. Okay. And gain power and influence. So this isn't the, the final push into. Yep. So at this point, I believe it's around this time that he actually meets she Palpatine. And for some reason, like, so if you're like force sensitive people, especially like, like a Sith Lord would be able to detect if someone else was force sensitive, they would get a feeling the other person might in turn get like a feeling that, you know, that there's someone nearby or something Mm -hmm. like that. He doesn't sense that out of sheep Palpatine, but through like a series of events, he actually finds out he's force sensitive and like takes him as his apprentice. So, and like, that sounds kind of casual, but like this guy has probably been looking out for an apprentice. If he's going to take one, he's been looking for one. Yeah, because he he has to just choose one. Exactly. So he's had to been looking and like out of all the galaxy he picks, like he picks this guy. So. Oh, uh, by the way, too, um, Palpatine, mm -hmm. like, haunts my dreams some nights. Does he? The the dark look of him in the hood. Yeah. 
and the like wrinkled face yeah, and that kind that, of stuff. I, I catch that every once in a while Do in it. my mind, and it it scares me. You're like, am I gonna have a dream about Palpatine tonight? And in your brain, you just hear yes, well, yes. The scary thing is, I've only seen Star Wars a very few times, so like for if him ever, to resonate, if you ever saw him as a kid, it kind of sticks with you. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe well, like, that's why. Like, like when you go back and watch it, like Tim the clown isn't really that scary. It can when it gets the sharp teeth yeah. and turns into crazy. I used to think just the clown was fucking terrifying. So maybe that was it. Maybe it was just like the few times that I caught it, it caught me in a performative age. Yes, Adam. Yes. <laughs> so he starts training him. At some point, they're on like uh, Palpatine is on like a starship with his family and everything like that and basically flies into a rage, gets in an argument with his father and basically kills his whole family. Then contacts, he go to mask and it's like, I need help with this and everything. And I think at that point he might have then been like, oh shit, this guy is does have the force. And I think that's actually when he has him become his apprentice. Figures out that yep. this he's guy like, I'll, He's business. like, I'll get this stuff swept under the rug and everything like that. We'll make it look like an accident. He's like, and you should be my apprentice. Well, yeah, yeah, for a price. Yeah. So in '57, Battle Before Yavin, that's when Obi Wan Kenobi is born. And like I was saying, yeah, he was taken at six months, six months old, and then he's literally at the age of three. They're already training him to be a Jedi. I'm like, how do you, like, how do you expect these people to grow up as like adjusted individuals? Because you can never date. Romantic att- attachment is forbidden. No, but I, I mean, if you think about the old ways of the Jedi when they were just on their own planet, they didn't really have that. So he was like, that's traditionally more. It of, is, but how do you? You're still have like you still have like needs as a human. And I guess you are living in a different world than just a one one driven plan. No, you're like raised in the Jedi Temple and you're training, and then eventually, if you show promise, you're picked up. By uh, they don't travel Jedi. like out into the city or anything like that. No, so yeah, this would be a good time to kind of address it because we're talking about Obi Wan Kenobi anyway. So when you get taken back to the the Jedi Temple and everything, you're basically like put into like a class that's usually in each class is kind of assigned like one Jedi Master, and so that master helps with like certain studies and like with you know lightsaber techniques and training and all that kind of stuff, and as you get a little bit older, you reach a certain age where the other masters, um, sometimes knights, uh-huh. um, will be able to take on a Padawan. So if they see that you're showing promise or like this Jedi master is like, I have this kid in my class, like you might be interested in him and everything. These masters will pick, but there's only so many masters. So if you get to a certain age and you haven't been chosen as a Padawan, basically an apprentice, yeah. you're sent off to do these other jobs. You work for like the, like the Jedi, what do they call it? It's like the Jedi... Republic or Jedi Services Corps. You're like the kid that you're like ages tending, out of the orphanage. Yes, you're like tending. To, you have to like go and help tend crops because like the force can help to like bolster yeah. crops and things. You still like have that. some shit, just nothing that anybody wants to. Not harness. the cool shit. You're yeah. like a Jedi farmer, and you're, so or you get put into these like other remedial jobs. You can snake a drain really well, but yeah. You're not so not save only anybody. have they stolen your childhood from you, where you have no usable skills outside of training from being a Jedi. Then they're just like, so if you wanted to leave, like, what are you going to go do? Like, you're going to go back to your family and have no idea how to, like, deal with them and they haven't seen you for 10 years? Yeah. Like, it's it's weird as shit. Like, Yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. You can kind of see why the Sith were like, man, that freedom looks fucking nice. I don't have to – I can actually, like, have a girlfriend? Like, fuck yeah, man. 
Yeah, and they're not going to treat you as like a second class. No, citizen. the whole the whole principle with the Sith is that like you shouldn't try to fight against like your passion and everything. Like your passion gives you strength, and the whole thing is like your anger gives you strength, your emotions give you strength. And the whole point with Jedi is like, yeah, it's okay to have emotions, but you shouldn't. You should be able to let go of things very easily. I think I got to watch these movies again because I'm starting to side more with the Sith. Every In time you say yeah, a lot. Of, listen, a lot of this shit's going to be self inflicted from the Jedi, so you don't have a lot of. That's why so Sith many, doesn't sound too bad. It's cool to see a lightsaber, and it's cool to see like a good like lightsaber fight between like a Jedi and a Sith. But like the characters that don't have to deal with all of the bullshit of that, that's why those characters get in so much shine right now. Because yeah. you're like the Mandalorian's fucking cool, and he doesn't have to worry about doing any of this kind of stuff. I mean, he still has can't take off his helmet and shit, but <laughs> it's just more stuff's more interesting than that. So. In uh, 52, Battle for Yavin, uh, Palpatine, through him and Plagueis' kind of, like, scheming and stuff, he's actually elected senator. And, like, it's, I think he's, like, 20, he might be, like, 30 years old at this point. And so he gets elected senator for, like, that sector in space. So he gets to go to Coruscant and serve on the, on the Senate. Okay. Which, at that point, it kind of works like certain other familiar political systems where if you're a senator, you can then run for higher-up positions and everything like that. So part of their plan starts to kind of get put in motion. Yeah, okay. So, um, in 46, Battle Before Yavin, that's when Padme is born. And in 41, five years later, that's when Anakin Skywalker is born. Uh. Now, the thing with Anakin Skywalker is that Anakin Skywalker, we got a virgin birth situation. We got a real JC situation going on here. (laughs) So there was no father. His mom wasn't hooking up with anyone. And rumor mill has it that, so Darth Plagueis, his moniker was the wise. He wasn't the greatest like fighter or anything like that. He was a great schemer, but he was extremely wise and like studied every aspect of the force. And what he really focused on was kind of like the scientific aspect of the midichlorians and how he could manipulate them. And the kind of legend is, is that he got so good at it that he could manipulate them to create life. And so there was this prophecy that if he could create this being essentially made from the force, he also was looking into maybe transferring himself into this, like a kind of like, spirit transfer because there was some like shit like that the sith got into regarding the force that was like magic and like sorcery shit the occult yes the occult of the force yes it it a lot of that has to do with like the sith basically think of it like that they were like sith cultists okay worshiped worshiped him so you got this virgin birth and at the same time are you familiar with the mandalorian or have at least seen images of baby yoda I think Sasha Banks is in it, and I know Baby Yoda. Okay, so Grogu is Baby Yoda. He's born the same year that Anakin is, but he's also one of, like, Yoda species, and they live a long time and take a long time to fucking grow. So in the show, Baby Yoda's 50 years old, just so you know. How do you feel about Baby Yoda? Like, just as a personal... Baby Yoda is... Outside of the mouse, how do you feel about... It's the, uh... It's the Ewok... Ewok, um, procedure... So at certain points within Star Wars, you have to insert characters that can appeal to a lower age bracket to get them into the next movie. You got your Ewoks. So, like, kids aren't going to go want to watch Luke Skywalker chop Darth Vader's hand off and the Emperor shock him uh-huh. with lightning. They want to see the tiny little teddy bears who are to actually, like, eat fucking stormtroopers and everything. So you got a cute and cuddly version of the character. 
episode one, you get Jar Jar Binks. Oh, mommy, mommy, daddy, he's hilarious. No, he's not. He's ruining this beautiful movie. And then in other movies, you get like other little cartoonish characters and you always get like the cutesy droid and that's supposed to be, yeah. it's that kind of shit. See, I, I feel like, and this is going to just be how I would draw a parallel to it in my brain. It's kind of like the John Cena theory. Like, John Cena was introduced as the character that he was after being a weird rapping bad guy. is like a guy to bring in children. And to like, the way you describe John Cena bringing in children, I I don't I'm uncomfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, the the hip new guy that's supposed to bring in the new generation like, of fans. The younger kids can look at him like Hulk Hogan was looked at for a generation, Man, even though he was a, a bad wrestler. Like it brought them into wrestling. Yes, my he, he my kid has a baby Yoda, one of those plushy, squishy pillows and everything like that. It's supposed to be broader appeal. Like you believe that he's a crap character, but you do respect him. I don't for believe being it's a crap. I don't in. believe it's a crap character. I'm actually somewhat interested, just simply because. Because I don't know where he came from, and it makes me think Yoda banged another okay, Jedi yeah. master. Because there was a female Jedi master of Yoda species, and it's like, did those two? Was Yoda so powerful that they were like, I wonder if we, like, would you two mind like getting it together, and we can see maybe if your kid becomes like? Because there was a prophecy of the chosen one, and Anakin uh, okay. being born of the Force itself. That's this is gonna sound super fucking nerdy, but the psychology of like Darth Vader fucking fascinates the shit out of me because everyone's like, he's just a bad guy and a whiny kid. And it's like, let's check, check off all the boxes of what this kid goes through and tell me you wouldn't be just fucked up. <laughs> so kind of getting back to the timeline. So yeah, so Grogu, baby Yoda's born. Um, at this point, Qui-Gon is a Jedi within the Jedi council. He reminds me like, think of like the Lebowski, like the dude as a Jedi, he's more free thinking. He doesn't, he's like, maybe we're, maybe we're too strict on the rules, man. Maybe yeah. we need to broad, you know, open our hearts up and open our minds up. That's like so, just your opinion, man. That, exactly. So he doesn't, he's kind of like when the Jedi council tells him to do something, he's like, I'll take it under advisement type shit. Like, but I'm really going to kind of do what I want to do. So he's offered to join the council and he's like, no, nah, I'm good doing what I'm doing. I like traveling around and stuff. And he ends up picking Obi-Wan as his apprentice. They get, they're not connected. Obi-Wan's about ready to get sent to the farm because he's not, hasn't been picked yet. And they get into a situation that Obi-Wan like helps him out of, improves him. And he's like, oh shit. He's like, you just want to be my apprentice? And Obi-Wan's like, yay, no farming for me. I get a family. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I I was stolen when I was three (laughs) or six months old. I've never had one. Will you be my dad? So at this point too, Palpatine starts to take on an apprentice, but there's an understanding between him and Plagueis that this is going to be an assassin that they're going to use. It's not going to be his apprentice or anything like that. He's just training an assassin. So he goes and he finds this uh, kid, basically, from a witch and trains him to be an assassin. Tattoos, like, red and black, like tattoos. He's the guy with the horns in his head with the double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. So he basically trains Maul and during this time, again, remember, the Jedi have no idea that the Sith are out there. They think they're extinct. They haven't seen them in a thousand years. The way that Sidious is training Maul is as a Jedi killer and as an assassin, training him to fight against people with lightsabers. The way Jedi training happens now, you're training against, like, blasters and, like, droids because that's yeah. usually what armies are made out of. So uh-huh. that, that comes kind of into play. So there's a – around this time, so – Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are uh, master and apprentice. They're kind of traveling all over. 
there's a civil war on Mandalore. And basically, there's two factions. One faction is a pacifist faction that wants to steer away from the planet's like previous war history and everything. And then there's another faction that's like, no, we want to keep killing people. And the top person in the pacifist faction is like a younger, probably in her like late teens, early 20s, um, woman named um, Satine, uh, Satine Kreez. And Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are sent to basically keep her on the run away from these assassins that this other faction is trying to send to kill her. Just protect her. Exactly. And during this, Obi-Wan and her are kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And don't really know how far they get, but I know that they were in love. Yeah. And he basically is like, if you want me to, he's like, I'll, I'll leave the order and be with you. And she's like, no, she's like, my life's going to lead me. If I win this, you know, election, my life's going to lead me here. And I can't have you doing that. So they parted ways, but I'm not quite sure if there's some rumor that there was her nephew kind of had a weird resemblance to Obi. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking at some point they were on the run for like a year together. And at some point it was just him and her alone. Like Qui-Gon was like, take her and take her to this place. I'll draw off or do whatever. So I'm come on. Probably put one in her. Could have happened. Uh, yeah. Eh, maybe. Hey, not here to say yes or no. No, we don't judge. I just want to provide the information. I'm Unlit an information birth. provider. I'm a teacher. That'll happen. So, 36, Battle Before Yavin, um, this girl, Ahsoka Tano, is born. And she, they find out she has force powers. She goes out, like, they kind of live in, like, a jungle, desert climate, her species. They're called a Torgruta or something. Um, they're the ones that they have, like, headdresses but they're like natural naturally Uh occurring and so she ends up getting like out on a hunt with her mom or like gathering something and this huge like jungle cat attacks and like takes her and she basically like pacifies it and like has it walk her back to the village on its back so she has this weird force connection like force power so this jedi master comes is like yep you have the force you're coming with me so in 33 battle for Yavin. And now we're getting very close to essentially like the current, the timeline for the star Wars, like new hope and everything. It's yeah. like the build up to that. This Jedi master his he's on the council. He basically comes out as like, we're due for a war. Pretty sure there's going to be some shit starting. He's hearing some grumblings from like some unsatisfied planets mm-hmm. wanting to kind of secede from the Republic. And we he's don't like, know, but we kind of, have some thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And he, one of his kind of like force abilities was almost like a precognition. Like he would get visions and stuff like that. And he's like, listen, motherfuckers, like we're, we're due for a fight. Like we haven't had an actual like fight in almost like a thousand years. Yeah. Well, at any point in time when stuff like that is like peacetime is only peacetime. There's because no standing there's army. Something happened. Yeah. There's no standing army or military. Like the, the Republic is supposed to be at peace. If you know that you're, Time is a time of weakness because it is peace. There's other people out there that have identified that and want to use that against you. And so he basically goes to the council and like, motherfucker, you're a warmonger. Ain't going to happen. So he takes it upon himself and he goes to this planet, Camino, who's basically just like known for their scientific like cloning achievements. And he's like, hey, um, Republic sent me. Like, we're going to need you guys to develop like a clone army for us. Just a whole bunch of soldiers. I'll come back and check on him every now and then, but go ahead and get started on that. So that's kind of set in motion. Palpatine basically 
it comes time for him and his master to enact the final stages of the grand plan. They've been kind of behind the scenes of a lot of different things. How they first kick it off is there's this um, business called the Trade Federation. Imagine like a galactic scale, like corporation of Mm. like shipping and like all that kind of stuff. They have their own basically like corporate army. Like it's a droid, like mechanized army. And they all meet for this conference. And basically the reason they're meeting for this conference is the Republic just passed a bill that was going to go ahead and tax these free trade routes that the Trade Federation was using. It's bureaucratic shit, yeah. basically. But the Sith are so smart that they're playing this because they know this is their way into power. So the Trade Federation and all these people that are in leadership basically meet up to decide what they're going to fucking do about the Senate passing this because they're about to lose a shit ton of money. Well, Palpatine, he's a senator at that time uh-huh. and everything. He actually, with all of him and Plagueis' like, Sith connections everything bomb the conference and take out the entire leadership and then installs basically like his puppet into a leadership role because he was the next guy in line in the trade federation not the assassin that he was training but just another figure that was underneath him he sent him to do it actually and to to make sure it got it got pulled off so that puts him in a position where now he has control of basically like this disgruntled corporation that has power over like certain planets and these systems and everything like that. So he's now like, okay, another piece is in play. So in 32, 32 years before uh, Yavin, that's when Padme becomes queen. She gets elected queen at like fucking 14 years old. Pretty early. Actually, it might've been like closer to 16. She might've been like 16, 17. Pretty early. Still pretty fucking early. I don't know what a 16 year old is bringing to the table that someone older... However, she did start attending like these like political refinement schools when she was, I think, like eight years old. So she'd been training for this for eight years. Not sure. I do like the idea of having someone younger in office to be closer to a younger generation, but that might be a little extreme. Sixteen, you're still finding a lot out about yourself. Hey, what are we? Who are we to say that how things should work on these planets? Eh. Right. So <laughs> we're not exactly a bright shining example. Exactly. So kind of the first piece has kind of been put into play for basically the fall of the Republic at this point. So as part of them being pissed off about the Senate taxing their trade routes, Palpatine is like, Hey, you guys should just like totally blockade Naboo. And the trade Fe- and the guy in the trade federation is like, aren't you fucking from Naboo? And he's like, that's how much I think you should <laughs> blockade Naboo. Really? Agree just with do this. it. Like, he's like, trust me, like you guys will get what you want out of it. So the Jedi council and the head guy in the Senate was called the Supreme Chancellor. He secretly sends Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon to go negotiate with the Trade Federation to be like, hey, guys, quit fucking blockading Naboo. They're not doing anything. So this is the events of, like, where we get into the Phantom Menace. Okay. They're sent. It's a trap. They end up going down to the planet. They find the queen. They're like, listen, Trade Federation's going to start invading. We're going to get you the fuck out of here. They end up getting off the planet. They have to land on the sand planet Tatooine. And while they're there, the ship gets damaged, and that's why they end up having to land there. They go in to get parts, and who do they meet? It's Anakin Skywalker. No way. Ten-year-old slave boy and a mechanical prodigy and pod racer. Like, who? Are, what are the odds? And so it's Qui-Gon goes into town. He takes Jar Jar. And then the queen is like, take one of my handmaidens. Well, it's not really her handmaiden. It's the queen in disguise. So her and Anakin meet. Well, 
you're out in the outer rim on Tatooine and like Republic credits. That money doesn't spend here. No. Need something real. Need those those outer rim ducats. Yeah. So Qui-Gon's like, I don't have that and tries to mind trick the guy. And he's like, what are you trying to mind trick me for? I'm like, <laughs> my species can't be mind tricked. So he's like, I got to find the money another way. So Anakin's like, hey, I know I'm only 10 years old, but I also participate in this insanely deadly sport called pod racing that no other human has the ability to do. And you know, the big race is coming up just coincidentally since you guys are in town. Yeah, weird. You should totally, like, sponsor me, and then I'll win, and you can have all the prize money, and you guys can bet the part that you need for your spaceship. Cool. All, oh, my God, it's just fallen into place. Perfect. Come to find out, he's never won a race, but he his reaction time, like, Qui-Gon's like, you can race these things? Because the, apparently pod racing is something that takes place on other planets. It's like yeah. a league, like NASCAR. And he's like they're fucking fast. He's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a human do it before. He's like, yeah, he's like, I can do it. So he's like, all right, yeah, I'll take that bet and makes the bet with the shop owner. Well, he goes and when he's helping, like Anakin got a cut, he's helping clean it out. He sends it back to Obi-Wan. He's like, hey, can you check this blood for midichlorians? And he tests and he's like, this is like over, fuck, I want to say he's like 10,000 per cell. And I think, Yoda only had like five. It was double whatever. He's super you know. superhero. Yeah. And like, he's like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't fucking know. And so Qui-Gon's like, holy shit. He's like, it's the chosen one. The prophecy is going uh, true. Okay. And he had talked to, after he checked his blood, he went to talk to Anakin's mom. And he's like, so like, who's the father? And she's like, there wasn't. She's like, I was just pregnant. And then I had him. And he's like, you're fucking kidding me, right? So he makes a side bet with the shop owner who's also owns Anakin and his mom. They're slaves. Oh, he's okay. like, I'll yeah. make you bet. He's like, if the kid wins, he's like, I'll wager the new racing pod that I just got that the boy ends up winning. He's like, okay. And he's like, and what if he, what if you win? He's like, I get the boy and his mother. And if you win, you get the racing pod. And he's like, no, he's like two slaves. That's not worth it. And he's like, let's let chance decide. And he takes out a dice and it's red all the way around with one blue mark. And he's like, Red, his mom blew the boy. Yeah. He rolls it and then fucking Qui-Gon does a little Jedi thing and makes it land on blue and he's like, suck it. <laughs> he's like, he's still not going to win. Okay, well, guess what? Lo and behold, the kid wins the race. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Turns out pretty good. So at this point, they were able to track where the queen got off the planet, Palpatine was, uh -huh. and sends Darth Maul to that planet to search for him. So as they're making their way back to the ship with the part already installed and everything like that, as Anakin and Qui-Gon are making their way back, fucking Darth Maul rolls up on him. And he goes to fight Qui-Gon. And that literally marks, like, think of it this way. You've never seen anybody with a red lightsaber and someone even attack you with a lightsaber before. Yeah, as uh, somebody who's just seen these movies, like I say, only a few times, Darth Maul sticks out as a character that is pretty... Even out there for everything. This guy that I rolls see. up on a fucking hover bike and literally like front flips off of it, ignites his lightsaber, and is instantly trying to kill you. Yeah, it's the first time a Sith has been seen in literally a thousand years. Bad dude. And so like Qui Gon barely gets out of there. He has to like jump onto the ship and has to like take off. So they take. They end up heading back to Coruscant because that's where the Queen needs to get back to to basically tell the Senate, "Hey, these fuckheads are blockading and now invading my planet. Yep. Is anybody going to do something? We're part of the." We're part of your club. <laughs> Somebody needs to do something about this. So they end up getting back there, and Palpatine as a senator is like, I don't really think they're going to do anything, honestly. They got a lot of shit going on. 
they're probably going to try to put it into negotiations. And that's what ends up happening is he's like, is there anybody we're going to send out a committee to assess what's going on? She's like, they're there like invading my planet. You're going to send someone out to be like, Oh yeah, we see they're doing it. We only saw one guy though. I mean, well, so Palpatine is like, the only thing you could do in this situation is you could call for a vote of no confidence in him. And so she's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, I, I don't see any other option. So she kind of goes to him again, like during a Senate hearing. Yeah. And he kind of like has to, he wants to help, but like other people are like, and then the Trade Federation, their representatives come out. They're like, what proof do you have of any of this stuff? So he's like, well, we have to submit to an investigation. And then she calls, she's like, voted no confidence. And everyone is like, yeah, we're actually pretty sick of this guy's shit. He's not, he hasn't been doing much. So it goes to that point where it's like a runoff where he can still run. But then it opens the field up to other people. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, guess who gets the nomination to run against him? Good old mm. fucking Palpatine. And he's like, guess what? He's like, I think what's happening on Naboo is actually drumming up a lot of sympathy votes for us. I think we have a shot at this. So he's, it's starting to fucking come into Damn. play where he's trying to get himself into power. Dirty, dirty man. He ends up winning. Palpatine. Palpatine yeah. ends up winning becoming Supreme Chancellor. That night, and this is still while like the whole Naboo invasion is going on, stuff like that. The night that he wins Supreme Chancellor, him and um, Plagueis are um, like celebrating and everything like that. Like it's fucking all coming together, like mustache twirling and all this stuff. Yeah. He's like, it, it's all coming together. So he basically gets Plagueis drunk as shit. And then when he passes out, He's like, all right, and then just shocks the shit out of him with force lightning and electrocutes him and just takes his time torturing him to death. He's like, I kind of got everything I need. I know everything that I feel like I need to learn from you at this point. This is what we do when I feel like I can kill you. It's time to go. So ends up electrocuting him to death. And cool fact, takes him and puts his ashes after he toasts him in a giant urn and puts that urn in his office. In his, like, Supreme Chancellor's office. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah, this guy's fucked up. This guy's a total sociopath. So, at that point, because he was already training Maul's his assassin, he's like, fuck, I already got an apprentice. Yeah. Too. He's like, this guy's been... And so, he sends... Um, when Padme decides, she's like, I'm going back to Naboo. I gotta go try to fight for our people. You're not gonna go do shit. Because Palpatine's like, I've been elected. He's like... I'm going to do everything I can to help out our people, but it's going to take some time. She's like, we don't fucking have time. Yeah. My shit's already getting run right now. uh, Our shit's on fire. So they end up um, going back and basically Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon go back to, to protect her. They go and basically rally like the Gungans that live underwater and have them bring their army and like, Hey, what do you think is going to happen once they're done with the surface? They're going to come after you guys. We need your help. We're all fighting for the same planet. And they end up destroying like the, of course, Anakin as a 10 year old pilots a ship up. He's an excellent pilot. Accidentally flies into like the hangar of like the main, like trade Federation ship blows up their, main generator flies out the thing destroys and all the droids go dead and then maul is sent back there to kill amidala so he ends up running into obi-wan and qui-gon and they end up engaging in a three-way lightsaber fight like in like the power generator place and maul kills qui-gon and then like 
Obi-Wan kind of like taps in like again he's also a Padawan and has never trained against to fight a guy with the lightsaber are you still in training he's not a he's and he's still a Padawan he's an apprentice he's not a knight yet well, he basically comes. If you've never seen the fight, it's fucking. No, awesome. I, I have. That's what I'm picturing in my mind. When he comes out of the red laser shield and uh-huh. they just go at and it, and they're fighting, yeah. in, it's almost like an X style pattern. Yep. And so he ends up cutting Maul in half. He falls down like a reactor or like a some type of reactor shoot or something like yeah. that. You think he's dead? Dun dun dun. He's not. So, at that point. He goes over, Qui-Gon's like, you must promise me to train the boy. And he's like, yes, Master, I'll train the boy. It's your dying wish. I'm not going to say no. So he basically goes to the Jedi Council and he's like, listen, he's like, I told him I would. And the Yoda's like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, and then Palpatine is basically now looking at this kid that just like got accepted. He's like, oh shit, this kid is now a apprentice. So I know he's force sensitive. And he just fucking flew his ship up and destroyed like, he's like, Yeah. Well, and he was literally just, like, he wasn't trained by anybody really at this point. Like, he was just... No, and that was their gripe, like, he was too old, because he was 10. And they're like, we like our kids to be yeah. at least three years old before they bring them in. Like, 10 is too old. But he was already doing some things that people were very shocked by. Nothing nothing forced, like, Jedi-related, but he was using, like, his latent abilities, mm-hmm. like, reactions and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was able to do that. And so... He was raw talent. He wasn't refined. Exactly. And so... Palpatine kind of serves as like a mentor for Anakin as like, cause they don't suspect that this guy is like a Sith or anything. He's no. just a politician. Now he's the guy in charge and everything. And so growing up, like Palpatine would come by the temple to like check on Anakin and everything under kind of the guise of like, he helps save like my home planet and everything. Like I'm very interested in this kid, yeah. like what his potential and everything. He heard about the prophecy that he might be the chosen one. And so he was very friendly. He was just the kindly old man that didn't diddle Anakin at that point. Like he, and as he grew older and everything, he kind of found him as a mentor. So at this point, because, and, uh, Palpatine's, uh, Sith name was Darth Sidious. So I'm just going to say Sidious from now on. Okay. I think I knew that. He's the one that becomes the emperor, the one that haunts your dreams. Yeah. So, he doesn't have an apprentice now, and he's like, well, fucking Anakin's like 10. I can't do that. I can't just steal him from the... And then be running around the Senate and being like, no, no, this is a different kid. I'll probably figure that out. And dyed his That'll, hair and just yeah. been like, no, totally different kid. No, it's me. It's Anakin. Shut you. Quiet you. <laughs> he's like Elian Gonzalez. <laughs> so he needs another apprentice. Well, he ends up... After Qui-Gon gets killed, Qui-Gon's former um, master was that Count Dooku guy. Uh-huh. So... After what happened to him, it kind of disillusioned him with, like, the Jedi and the... And so he went back to his home planet, but he was still royalty and the rest of the family was gone. So he got to take over and be, like, the count of the planet and control the planet. So he was extremely wealthy, and he's just like, nah, I'm just going to go leave the Jedi Order. He ends up becoming the apprentice to Sidious. Used to be a Jedi, comes in, kind of plays on his, like, you know... Basically lets him know because he was disillusioned with the Jedi. He's like, they were doing things wrong. Let's do things this way and, you know, we'll take over and we'll run things the way we want to run. We can fix this. So he uses him. So you basically have this guy that's now in charge of the Senate and the Republic. Now you have this guy who's the count and ruler of this planet. And so what they did is they started to find all these disgruntled systems that weren't happy about, like, representation in the Senate and everything. And they decided to basically formed them and secede from the Republic. They're just building up a revolution. With Dooku as the figurehead. 
So now the Sith are controlling both sides of this. And as this starts to escalate, more planets start to secede. And so they start to form what's called the um, Confederacy of Independent Systems. Confederacy, huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, and it's made up of all these different planets, you know, that just don't want to be part of the Republic anymore. One of the planets happens to, like, have, like, the battle droid manufacturing. Another is, like, a banking planet. Another is, like, a technology. Like, a whole bunch of, like, they have warships and, like, militaries and everything. So. They have their own little mini military industrial complex going almost. Exactly. So, while this is all building up and they're, they haven't come out officially and said we're seceding, but they're starting to meet behind and starting to build up, kind of build their own type of government and everything. So during this time, Anakin and Obi-Wan are off doing, you know, going off on adventures and training and all that kind of stuff. Early on, their relationship was more like father-son type thing. And then as they, Anakin got a little bit older, it became like kind of brothers. Yeah. Everything. So as far as the uh, Confederacy building, the Senate knows about this, right? No. Like they, how nope. do they This is all know? clandestine shit. Duke, who's just going around and going to leaders of other planets and being like, how happy are you? Maybe we should talk about maybe doing our own thing. And there's no regulatory body to watch this and be like, hey, there's something. What's to watch someone from going into another person's? I mean, they can't. There's so many plans to keep track of. They can't fucking watch this shit. Yeah. And I guess they really aren't on patrol for it because they don't think that it's happening. It's peacetime. Exactly. There's a lot more ground to cover. Yeah. Yeah, They're not suspecting that it's happening. So at this point, Darth Maul, who actually survived, he basically used like the dark side of the force to basically kind of keep him uh, himself alive and was able to like crawl into like a trash chute and get to this like trash planet and basically build himself like <laughs> cybernetic legs. But he started going crazy because he was on this planet by himself. Yeah. It's important. Just go with me. I know there's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot, lot going on. Listen, this is meant to catch people up on this entire thing so they can enjoy it if they'd like to as well. Yeah. I enjoy it. I mean, it's just that it's a... Bleep blorps and goober Well, no, there's just always such fun stories about, like, bad guys that escape and then, like, rebuild themselves into something bigger and stronger okay, and so better. Okay, what so what all this stuff comes from, man, is you had it where it was just movies. Yeah. So the only thing, questions that would get answered were going to be answered in the next movie, and you can only answer so much shit and not stay on old stuff and rehash it, but move on to new and exciting stuff. So, and this is crazy to say, but I think Star Wars does some of its best work when it comes to, like, its animated series. So basically you have this entire period, and and I'll actually address it in a second, called The Clone Wars. It's like a three-year period. And that... The movie went from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. So basically it ended with the start of the Clone Wars, the first battle, and it and then sorry, the next movie, Revenge of the Sith, started with the final space battle. All this stuff happened in between that they filled up and they brought all these characters that people liked back from these other the prequel, the two prequels before that, and explored different storylines that happened. Because they had to fill up like three years and be like, what was happening during the three years of the Clone Wars? And they did a fucking excellent job but it was all like the animation clone wars that filled this in that's where it gets tough because animation i think is looked at as like something for children but they they weirdly enough the movies are now more childish yeah because they can address like weirdly enough like they because they can do it in a palatable cartoonish way but like there are times when you know 
I think that was one of the reasons for the clones. They're all, they all look the same. It, it kind of dehumanize them and uh-huh. everything. So when you're seeing all these clones getting killed, you're just like, oh, we, they're clones. They're just like, they were built and everything. Yeah. But like, if you think about the psychology of it, the whole Clone Wars establishes that these guys are like independent thinkers. Yeah, they're loyal and everything, but they develop their own personalities. And then you start to think like, well, shit, what happened to like all of these clones? Because they were, they have a half-life. So by the time they're 40, they're going to look 80, uh-huh. but they were able to start fighting at 10 years old when they would look like they were 20. So, but in it, in it, they do address it in a couple of the shows, like they just have all these clones like, well, we don't really need them anymore. So they just basically like force them to retire and send them to do like remedial jobs until they die. Like the empire's like, also it's costing us money to get these clones. So we can just have conscripts and people that are willing to fight for us and don't have to worry about it. But there's sort of callbacks in that to the animated clone wars in the, in the movies. Yeah. There's not callbacks. This is all the stuff that happens during the clone wars. That's why I'm saying like they handle these topics of like what happens to these guys and like, and then you get to follow like certain clones that develop different personalities and I'll, I'll get to some points on it here in just because we're just about there at that point. So when they're working on building the clones, the reason they all look the same is um, Count Dooku, his uh, Sith name is Darth Tyrannus. I'll just call him Count Dooku because it's easier for me to remember. So somehow Sidious and Dooku, they plan, Dooku knows that the Jedi Master that went to the clone to develop the army, he finds out about that because they were close friends. He mm-hmm. mentions it. So him and Sidious come up with the plan. He's like, kill that guy, poses him, and we'll be able to take over the clone army. And so the Jedi have no idea about this because the master never told them. Yeah. They send him out on a mission, and they um, Sidious and Dooku hire an assassin to kill him. And he ends up getting, or they hire, I think they hire like a gang to kill him. And when when he dies, Dooku basically then resumes communication with these people developing the clone army. And so he's developing it under the guise of being this Jedi master. But he can manipulate it however they want. And so they pick the template for the clones. So they pick this bounty hunter and he's supposed to be just very good physically and everything like that. He might've been a Mandalorian because he wears Mandalorian armor. It's, it's Boba Fett's dad. Oh, okay. Jango Fett. Yeah. Okay. So they pick him, and then what they do is when they're developing these clones, when they're grown, they put inhibitor chips in their head to where they're able to issue certain commands that yeah. have to immediately be followed. And that'll come into play here in just a minute, a little bit. So, again, it's all part of the grand plan. It's, like, so close to coming together. So Han Solo was also born around this time, and, like we kind of discussed, as Anakin trains to get older, gets older and is back on Coruscant, like, Palpatine will come to see him and everything. And at this point, too, um, I want to say that Padme, she actually becomes a senator. So she moves to Coruscant, too. So other pieces are coming together, if you're knowing what I'm saying. So the finally in 24, before Battle of Yavin, that's when the Confederacy of Independent Systems comes out and is like, hey, guys, like, by the way, a whole bunch of us are fucking leaving. We're here. Yep. We're here. And get used to it. <laughs> yeah. So because of this, the Senate kind of panics. It's like, what the fuck's going to happen? It's getting right to the end of Palpatine's term. 
coincidentally enough. So they're like, we can't deal with the transition of power right now. Like you have, this is a crisis. Like yeah, a lot of shit going on. A lot on. of shit. So they're like, we, we need, we're going to extend your term. We need you to stay in power. And he's like, well, he's like, well, if you all insist, I'll, I'll stay in power. I, I appreciate it. So he starts to kind of, he figures that they're starting to build up an army that they need to, the Republic needs to have a standing army as well. So he basically has this military creation bill on the floor of the Senate. Well, the senator from his home planet is Padme. Yeah. And she's against it. She's like, it's not going to help to just us create an army and then get into a fucking war. So he has Dooku have the leadership of the Confederacy hire an assassin to, under orders from Palpatine to kill her. <laughs> well, so it's going to look like the, the Confederacy did it when really it's because she opposes the bill. He can try to push this bill through. Yeah. So the assassination attempts end up, both of them end up failing. And after the first one, they assign Obi-Wan and Anakin to be like her protection. And Anakin's like, oh my God. He's like, I've been having wet dreams about her since I was able to. Yeah, yes, yes, yes now. And so they end up, he's 19 at this time. She's 24. Obi-Wan ends up sending Oh, them. yeah, because she was super young as the queen. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So Obi-Wan is like, hey, take her, go back to Tatooine, hide out, everything, go to her family estate. I'm going to try to track down this assassin. Through various you know, connections, Obi-Wan is like, okay, I can tell that the assassination tool came from this planet called Kamino. That's where the cloners are. So he ends up going and visiting, and they're like, and you are, and he's like, I'm Jedi. He wasn't a master at that point. He's like, I'm Jedi Knight, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she's like, are you here to check on the army? And he's like, yes, <laughs> I'm here to check sure. on the army. And they're like, okay, Jedi master. And the guy's name was uh, Sifo Diaz. And she's like, um, are, do you, do you work with him? And he's like, he died like 10 years ago. And she's like, oh my, well, I'm sure that he would have liked the army we created for you guys. And basically tours him around the facility and, like, the soldiers at this point are, like, ready to fucking go. They've been training this entire time. They've got, like, all the armors made. They've got them running drills and all this kind of stuff. And they explain the whole process. And the whole time movie one is, like, in his head, he's like, what the fuck is going on? But he's having to just act. Like, yeah, he oh, yes, stumbled upon to something that... Yeah. And so he ends up finding the assassin that tried to take out, and it's the clone, the Django Fett guy. Okay. He's working for Dooku. So he ends up like chasing him off Kamino and getting like a tracking device on his ship. And he follows him to this planet called Geonosis. And this is where like the Confederacy of Independent System, all of them are having this big summit. He ends up going down there and gets captured, unfortunately. Anakin then finds out that um, Obi-Wan's there. And then he gets captured. Him and Padme get captured. Anakin and Padme. Yes, but not before... Pat, before this happens, Anakin has like a vision of his mother dying. And so he's like, I got to go check. He hasn't been able to check on his mom this entire time. She was still in slavery because she didn't get freed during the pod race. Correct. But I mean, not even at the point where he went back to the planet to be like, hey, I know you're still in slavery, but how are you doing? It's me, your son. Like all family connection is cut off when you become a Jedi. Uh, You can't have anything like that. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Part of like the whole thing about the psychology of him is like, you took a 10-year-old boy, not a normal 10-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy who only had his mother. And was enslaved. <laughs> and was a slave. And now you took him 
away from not the enslavement, fine. But the only thing he knew, and not only that, you have people like whispers around him being like, oh yeah, that's, by the way, that's the Jedi Jesus. That's the Messiah. That's the chosen one that's supposed to bring, the legend is he'll bring balance to the force. And you're like, I'm fucking 10. There's a lot to take on, yeah. And so growing up, he does get arrogant in his skills and he kind of, um, so he takes a lot of his skills like as very serious. So he has this vision. He's like, I got to go check on my mother. She, I think she's dying. And so Padme's like, yeah, let's fucking go. So they head back for his home planet of Tatooine and find out from the guy that owned him as a slave that he sold her to this farmer and the farmer freed her and married her. And so he goes out to find this guy and he is there. And then he has a son and daughter, but it's from a previous marriage. So mm-hmm. it's not Anakin's brother or sister. And he's like, like three days ago, she was out like working and a bunch of these, they're called Tuscan Raiders. They're native to, it's basically like, a, they also call them sand people. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that from the first one. A little bit. Okay. So basically they're like a tribe that lives out in the desert and they end up, they do kidnap and kill people and stuff like that. They're raiders. So he's like, they took her literally just like a few days ago. And he's like, which fucking direction did they go? And he points and he's like, all right. And he jumps on a speeder bike and he heads out and he's like, Padme fucking stay here. Yeah. Keep an eye on this. Yeah. Also, Anakin did build C-3PO when he was like 10 years old. And then okay. Padme had R2-D2, and so that's how those two oh, met. And then really? they basically, and then as he becomes a Jedi, they switch. Because a Jedi can use the little, they call astromech droids, because uh-huh. they can fit in their starships. And then he was like, Padme, you take C-3PO, because she could serve as like a translator for the Senator and all that shit. So they basically swapped him. Was this in the movies? Yeah. So, like, he shows her C-3PO when he's like 10 years old before he gets freed, he's like, I built this for mom. So it could help her around the house. And R2D2 was the, the droid that was on Padme's original ship. Huh? Okay. So they've been like the only characters that have been throughout the entire, like the same consistent characters throughout all of the movies and shit. I think I read too, that the guy that plays C3PO maybe has been in like every one Anthony Daniels or Tony. Yeah. Movies, but, he is in one of them as like a different character. Yeah, because you never see him, so you could just be putting makeup or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So he ends up tracking this these raiders down and basically is able to like sneak in and catch his mom for like two minutes while she's still alive before she ends up like she's been tortured and mm-hmm. everything. And he's like, I'm here, mom. And she's like, I finally got to see you again. And then she literally passes away. And he's like and he has, he's a fucking damaged kid who just basically watched his mom die in his arms. Yeah. So, of course, the natural reaction is he slaughters the entire village. not And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. So, he comes back and he actually, like, tells this. He comes back with her body. They bury it. And as he's hanging out there on, like, his stepdad's, like, homestead and everything like that, that's the one that Luke originally, like then grows up on. He gets raised by the son and his girlfriend. Okay. The the one that that's why they, isn't that's what, Anakin's That's why they took in blood. Luke. That's why they took in Luke. Okay. Is because essentially, like, it was in a weird way, it was the dad's or the stepdad's grandson or something like that. Step-grandson. I don't know. No, I, it does. Yeah, yeah that, that clears that's, up. That's the connection. Okay. So, and he basically, like, Pad, he's 
visibly upset. And Padme's like, what's wrong? He's like, I killed them all. And she's like, excuse me? And he's like, I killed them. The women, the children, too. And then she's like, it's okay. She's like, they, they killed your mom, and I'm sure they were savages. Like, come over here. So they end up finding out that Obi-Wan gets captured. They're like, hey, let's go save him. So they go to that planet, too. They get themselves captured. And Dooku's like, all right, well, I guess what we're going to have to do is we're you you know came onto this planet where you don't have any rights or anything like that, so we're going to sacrifice you, a la Roman Colosseum style, by chaining you to these posts and letting out these wild animals to kill you. So they let him out. Um, Padme like climbs up her pillar. They the Jedi end up showing up. They find out about this. A Jedi strike team shows up, and then Yoda had gone back to because I think either Anakin sent back a transmission. It's like, hey, we're going to save. Hey, we're going to save Obi-Wan. Catch up as quick yeah. as you guys can. Yoda goes to get all the clones, and then the other dude, Sam Jackson, Mace Windu, uh-huh. he's like, we'll just go straight to Geonosis and try to keep these guys from getting killed. So the first battle of Geonosis happens, and this is where they actually kind of find out that Dooku is actually a Sith. They corner him. Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of corner him in this hangar as he's about to escape the planet. They have a lightsaber duel. He ignites his. It's red. He cuts off Anakin's hand. And then Yoda shows up. Yoda's like, oh, hey. And he's like, my former Padawan, because he trained Dooku. They have a fight. Dooku knows he can't beat him. So he tries to, like, bring down the ceiling on Obi-Wan and Anakin. So Yoda has to stop fighting and, like, save him. And then he bugs out in his ship. I feel like I've seen that one too. Yes, Just trying to play it back in my head and kind of see some of the highlights. It's the I'm end of sure the. It's that. the end of Attack of the Clones. I, I remember the the hand being cut off. Pretty. Yes. So after that, um, I think Obi Wan is made master. Anakin is made a knight. At this point, the war is on. So now you have the Clone Wars, the Republic, and all the clone troopers. So th- all of the Jedi are made generals. So now part of the grand plan Sidious's plan is now not only have you taken the jet, the Jedi and spread them out all of their power, but now you're going to grind them down and start killing them off because they're going to die during the, yeah. the fighting. So as the clone wars happen, there's about three years of, of shit going on. And when Obi-Wan gets made a master and Anakin gets made a knight, Anakin is still really just like brash and arrogant and everything. And Yoda's like, how are we going to calm this fucking kid down? Like, this guy is supposed to be the chosen one. We need to fucking put, like, get him to act responsible. And now he's only got one hand. Well, he gets the cyber... They, yeah. They always have robot hands to fucking replace. There's cool. no shortage of robotic hands in this, in this galaxy. So they're like, well, fuck it. Let's give him an apprentice. So instead of him getting to pick one and everything like that, he's out at, you know, on a planet fighting a battle with his, you know, his clone division or whatever... And this Padawan shows up. And I mentioned Ahsoka Tano before. And uh-huh. so they send him Ahsoka. Like, he, they don't know each other at all. And they're like, okay, are you here? She's like, I'm the new Padawan. And so Obi-Wan's like, well, I didn't ask for a new one, but I, I guess it's time for me to do one. And she's like, actually, I'm assigned to Skywalker. And he's like, no, fuck that. He's <laughs> like, I don't want one of these. And then, like, uh, Master Yoda said that you would say that and that I'm to be very insistent that I'm your Padawan. So... Over the course of the Clone Wars, basically the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, you see kind of that bond deepening and everything like that as they become peers now. Now it's not, he still calls him master because that's his rank and it was actually his master, but it's more of a brother relationship and more of a peer relationship because Anakin's skills are, you know, advancing. 
he's also starting to kind of train Ahsoka and he's kind of training the way that he feels is sufficient. He's kind of training her to think outside the box, be more independent and everything. More it, of a Sithy. Not not even in that sense. Just the way that, like, almost a Qui-Gon type way. Like, okay. Like, almost more of a free thinking, like, sometimes. But Anakin himself is sometimes not afraid to kind of, like, skirt the rules to, to win fights. And he starts to get more of that deeper. And he's getting fucking... He's married. Okay, so not only is he secretly married now to Padme, he's having to fight this war, and he doesn't get to go see his wife. So any time spent out... He's like, fuck it. Like, he's like, I already have to hide this, but now I can't even hide it and see my wife at the same time. So as the war goes on, he starts to get more brutal about it. He's not going to, you know, give enemies the chance for, like, mercy. He'll chop off an arm if it means getting information. Like, stuff the Jedi really aren't supposed to do. But he's never really, like, training Ahsoka to do that. He's more of just being, like, be a free thinker. Yeah. I got to crack a few eggs. That doesn't mean you do. Yeah, exactly. And it it does kind of like settle him down a little bit for more responsibility because it's not so much that he had to slow down because he's like, now I'm responsible for this life now. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure this person stays alive. And then they start to develop a bond and everything like that. And during the the war, and I think it was probably about two years into it, there was a bombing at the Jedi Temple. And she got framed for it that she was like a separatist spy and there was evidence like framing her for it. She ends up escaping from custody to prove her innocence. And like Anakin's trying to chase her down. It, it's a lot of like, it's very Tommy Lee Jones, Harrison Fordish. Yeah. In the fugitive. Okay. And she's like, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. And he's like, come back with me and we'll figure this thing out. And, but like clones were coming upon him. She's like, you have to trust me on this. And she ends up finding out through him helping like two different ways He's investigating the Jedi Temple and all this stuff, and uh-huh. she's trying to hunt down clues on her own. They find out it was another Padawan that was, like, sick of the war and trying to, like... I don't know what the the result of what she was trying to accomplish was, to show that it was meaningless or yeah. something. Well, when Ahsoka was accused, the Jedi Council was basically like, okay, well, you're going to have to go to jail until they figure this thing out. Like, evidence is pointing to you. And it, Anakin's like, no, you guys are just, like, selling her out. <laughs> So when her innocence came up and everything, the Jedi Council was like, hey, you know, you're totally welcome back in. And she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you guys just put me in jail. Yeah, you, you guys just, you me. guys didn't have my fucking back. And she's like, they're like, well, you know, the evidence was against you and everything. She's like, he was the only one that had my back. And then Anakin is pissed off at them being like, yeah, you guys didn't have her back. And she's like, I, I can't do this anymore. And so she walks away from the order and he's like, do you know how many times I've wanted to do this? And she, because she's so close to him and has been around him so much and has seen him around his wife, but not like in a husband-wife way. She put two and two together. He put two together. And she's like, he's like, believe me, more than anyone, like, I've wanted to leave this. And she goes, I know you have. And she's like, but I can't do this. And so she walks away. So that right there, like, puts a huge fracture between him and, like, the Jedi Order. It's like, I'm, I lose people in my life. Like, I lost my mom. And now I'm losing essentially like what amounted to like my sister. Yeah. And it's because of you guys. So he's still going and fighting and everything. But like Sidious during their meetings starts to be more of like his confidant. So like stuff that he can't gripe to Obi-Wan about, about the Jedi Order, he goes to Sidious about. And Sidious will be like, yeah, I think you do have reason. 
And he's like pumping him. He's like, you know, you're going to be the greatest Jedi that ever lived. He'll be, he's like, you're going to be more powerful than master Yoda. Just a fucking toxic relationship. Just honey dicking the shit out of him. And kind of during some, some highlights of the clone wars and everything at one point, um, Darth Maul is able to come back and starts running. Like when he was working for Sidious and being trained as an assassin, he made a lot of underworld connections to get information he's able to come back and basically establish like a crime syndicate. And one of the things he does is he partners up with those guys during the Mandalorian civil war, the ones that wanted to maintain like the warlike society mm-hmm. and is like, I can get you Mandalore. Like let's go in and take it over. So he ends up taking it over, killing the head guy from that movement and then taking over. Cause it's a, a society where like only the strong survive. And if you kill the leader, you get to be the leader takes over and also takes over Mandalore and who's ruling at that time is that Satine Kreez. And she gets taken prisoner. Okay. Yeah. And a message gets sent out to, to the Jedi. Mandalore is a neutral system. They don't take sides on the separatists and they didn't cite. So the Republic isn't going to go help them. Yeah. So the message gets there and like, we can't do anything. And Obi-Wan's like, well, the fuck we can't. So he goes and he tells Anakin, he's like, Hey, I need to borrow your ship. And he basically does like an off the books mission to go try to save her. He ends up getting down to her and, but he ends up getting captured and brought up to like the throne room where Darth Maul is. And Darth Maul makes him watch as he kills her right in front of him. And then basically allows, and then like allows him to like hold her in like her last moments. And she's like, I just wanted you to know I've always loved you. So he basically takes the one thing that he knows that, like, Kenobi had loved and basically takes it away as, like, revenge. So well, yeah, after the last duel that him and Kenobi had with Anakin and everybody, and he lost the bottom half of his body, he's probably got a little bit of an axe to grind. Well, that was the one when he was with Qui-Gon early, early on. Yeah. It was Duke who was the one with Anakin. He was basically Maul's replacement. Darth Maul so, knew he had he, had he knew some it. Yeah, after he'd come back, he Obi. knew that his spot, his spot had been taken and everything uh-huh. like that. In fact... After while he was ruling Mandalore, Sidious like was like, is that and had had a feeling and went to Mandalore and basically was like, there can't be three. He's like, your time is over. He's like, I already took a new apprentice and fought him, like takes him prisoner. Huh? So it's it's kind of getting to the tail end of the Clone Wars and it's still kind of a stalemate and the Jedi from Sidious's point of view, have kind of been sufficiently ground down. So at this point, he's also been awarded emergency powers to essentially just do whatever he needs to do to win this war. And the person that voted to get him those powers was fucking Jar Jar. Really? Yes. Padme was gone doing so. I think she was off with... She was off with Anakin or something like that, and he had filled in for her. And uh, Palpatine had tricked him and been like, if only Padme was here, she would she would vote for this. And so he was like, well, shit, I'll fucking do it. So what ends up happening and what kind of is the, the turning point of everything is Anakin has been having these visions of his wife dying in childbirth. Just like he had the ones of his mother. Yes. And so... There's a a mission that's going to happen on Mandalore that kind of takes place. Ahsoka had left the had left the order, 
but she'd almost kind of been working like not as a mercenary, but she'd been going around, around kind of helping where she could, but not as like a Jedi. Yeah. She had um, somehow met up with the sister of Satine Kreese, who wanted to kind of retake Mandalore and kick Maul out of there because he was essentially ruling their their people. Just murdered her sister. Exactly. And so she worked with Ahsoka and she's like, hey, if we can get some Republic help, we could probably take him out right now. So she contacted Anakin and was like, hey, I need to talk to you. And he's like, I haven't seen you like in in at least a year she's he's like how are you doing like she's like there's there'll be time to catch up later so there she's like we need to get to mandalore to stop this and so obi-wan is there and they get a call that the separatist army has invaded coruscant and is trying to kidnap the chancellor and he's like we have to go and she's like leave me with some of your guys like your troops and all to handle this thing on Mandalore, yeah. and you go back, and he's like, "Okay, he's like, take my my personal clone battalion and everything." I still got some shit to do on Mandalore. You go back and fight yours. Yeah, exactly. And go save the fucking Chancellor. Yeah. Apparently, there's a whole planet of Jedi down there in the fucking Jedi <laughs> Temple, but they need to call the two Jedi back from like the furthest point to go and handle this. So they go their separate ways, and it's like we'll catch up when we get back. Well, what ends up happening is Obi Wan and them come in they end up capturing um they end up getting back the chancellor anakin kills dooku on the ship and they make it back down to the planet they find out where the general is that's still leading the federation and um palpatine they're all having a conversation because it involves the senate at the end of the war like we found out the guy's name is general grievous the good naming they're like we found out he's on this planet and so they're all having a meeting in the pal and they're like we need to send like a senior Jedi, someone that can handle this. And Palpatine is like, why don't we send Kenobi? Yeah. He's like, Kenobi's a senior Jedi. And he's like, that's a good choice. We'll send Kenobi. So they send him off planet. And because Anakin has been having these like premonitions about like his wife dying and everything, there's, um, he's talked to Palpatine and be like, I've been having nightmares about and everything. So he's picking up on this. He's like, come, come meet me this night at the opera. Palpatine so knows about him and Padme? He, I'm pretty sure he can sense it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he's confided in him a little bit. And and now he fucking has the perfect way in to convert him over and have him turn on the Jedi. So they meet together and they're sitting there at like this theater show and Palpatine says like, have you ever heard of the legend of Darth Plagueis, the wise? And he's like, no. And he's like, Legend has it that he was so powerful that he could actually influence the midichlorians to, like, save people from dying. And he's like, can you learn this power? And Palpatine's like, not from a Jedi. And that's kind of the end of their conversation. And then he actually goes to talk to Palpatine again and finds out, he's like... He's like, I, he's like, how did you have knowledge of that? And he's like, my, he's like, my former mentor taught me all about the dark side of the force. And Anakin's kind of putting it all together and draws his lightsaber and he's like, it's you. And he's like, you, he's like, you know me. He's like, this is the person that I am and everything like that. He's like, you've been behind all of this. And he's like, listen, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. He's like, I, (laughs) he's like, if we're being serious right now, he's like, I have the knowledge to save your wife. He's like, and I'm the only one that has that. And so he's like, do you want to kill me? And he's like, I would very much like you right now. And he's like, I know you would. And he just, and he leaves him. And he goes back to the Jedi Council and he goes and talks to Mace Windu. And he's like, hey, 
He's like, I have reason to believe that the Sith Lord is the guy running our shit is, is Chancellor Palpatine. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'll let's go there right now. He's like, listen, he's like, you're too close to this shit. I know he's your buddy. Let me take a team. Let me go bring him in and apprehend him. If it's true, you'll have gained my full trust. Yeah. I'll make you a fucking master, whatever. So they go to try to arrest Palpatine and like, Anakin is kind of sitting there in the temple and about halfway through it, he's like, fuck it. I got to go intervene or help. Like what if they kill him and his secrets lost? And then I, my wife's going to end up dying. So he goes back. And by this point, it's just Mace Windu and Palpatine having this lightsaber duel in his office. And when Anakin rolls in there, Mace Windu has him disarmed and is getting ready to, to kill him. And Anakin is like, let's bring him in for trial. And he's like, he's the fucking chancellor. Like, they're not going to believe he's the Sith Lord or anything. He's too dangerous to be kept alive. And he tries to, and this is, he looks normal. Yeah. This is how he gets the fucked up face. Remember, he goes to like, like force lightning against Mace uh-huh. Windu and he reflects it with his lightsaber. Yes, okay. And like he basically melts his own fucking face. And then afterward he's like, eh, that's when he talks like this. So... He's basically like Anakin. He's like, if I die, he's like, all the secrets go with me. Yep. And Mace Windu's about to kill him. Anakin is like, nope. Chops off Mace Windu's hand, and then Palpatine throws him out the fucking window. And at that point, Anakin's like, well, fuck, I'm kind of screwed now. What am I gonna do? And he's like, well, he's like, you can't go back to the Jedi. I'm gonna help you save your wife. He's like, so you're gonna be a Sith now. And he's like, I guess I'm gonna be a fucking Sith now. Yeah, just a, a quick split second choice that has determined. It is, but all of it is based on trying to save his wife. Like his last premonition about his mom dying came true. He has no reason not to think, and I'm not justifying it. It's a yeah, fictional no, character, it's, but at the same time, it's like this guy who's had his trust. He found out is this person he thought he wasn't, but at the same time, he's offering him a means to basically save the one thing, and he knows his wife is pregnant at this point too. So he's like, now I'm trying to save my wife and my unborn children. Well, and he knows he's got it in him already. He knows there's some darkness in him as far as like him wiping out that entire um, village. And and he the, told Palpatine about that, too. Yeah. He's like, remember what you told me about your mother and the sand people? He's like, oh, yeah, I did tell you about that shit, didn't I? He's He's got it in him. So he's like, here's the plan. He's like, you're going to go to the Jedi Temple and just fucking wholesale slaughter everybody there. He's like, well, what are you going to do? He's like, I got this. So he basically makes an announcement to all of the clones and the commanders, and he goes, execute order 66. It was a pre-programmed in that chip mm-hmm. that basically order 66 was turn on your Jedi commanders, they're a traitor to the Republic, and kill them. So all at once throughout the galaxy, all of the Jedi that were working as clones, the clones turn on him and gun him down. Or shoot him down in their ships. Uh, Obi-Wan ends up surviving. Yoda ends up surviving. Ahsoka is on a ship full of clones. And because of the training she had with Anakin about like deflecting like blaster fire, he made her train relentlessly. She was able to hold them all off. Oh, wow. Take one of the clones who had been Anakin's right-hand man. His name was Captain Rex. And basically knock him out. They'd become like best friends knock him out and get him into like the medical bay. She removes the chip. And when he comes to, he's like, I remember everything that happened. I'm so sorry that that happened. He's like, all of us are programmed. You guys are traitors. Like we're all programmed to kill you. And 
they fight their way through the ship and end up getting, they try to, they're so determined to kill her. They put the ship on a collision course with another planet. Oh, wow. And they're all going to die to take her out. And they're trying to prevent her from getting to an escape ship. Her and Rex end up escaping. So at this point, the only like main, a, a few Jedi did end up escaping or disappearing. Like some masters sacrificed themselves to save their Padawans. The main ones you find out about are Obi-Wan and Yoda. They make their way back to the Jedi Temple because there's a beacon going out to Jedi. Like, all Jedi return to Coruscant, Mm -hmm. basically, to get killed. And when they get back, they basically see all the Jedi dead, a bunch of clone troopers dead. Um, They see Jedi killed by a lightsaber, find a bunch of dead kids, like the younglings and everything. And they go into the security station to find out what happened. They pull it up, and it shows footage of Anakin marking, marching on the temple. Massacring everybody. Massacring Jedi, the younglings, all these clone troopers gunning them all down. And then they see where Sidious had come to the temple and like was talking to Anakin. It's like a, ra- a rise Lord Vader. And so Anakin, and or not Anakin, Obi-Wan and Yoda are like, okay, here's the fucking deal. Like, we got to end this now. Yoda's like, I'll go take on Sidious. He's like, you got to go take on Anakin. And Obi-Wan's like, you want me to go fucking kill my brother? He's like, no. He's like, send me against Sidious. He's like, look, dude. He's like, you can't fucking stand up to, against He's going to smoke you like he smoked yes. everybody else. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you need to go handle your fucking protege. Like, handle that how you need to handle that. So he goes to Padme and he's like, do you know where your fucking husband is? At this point, he kind of knows. He even alludes to it. And he's like... I never mentioned anything because out of all the things in life, you seem to have made Anakin genuinely happy. And I didn't want to take that away from him. He's like, but I, I knew what was going on. And he's like, it's Anakin's child, isn't it? She's like, yeah. And he's like, after, and this is um, after he's basically like, there's footage of him killing these kids. He's turned to the dark side. Palpatine is the Sith Lord and everything. And she's like, you're basically just telling me my husband is a psycho and everything. She's like, I don't believe you. So she gets on the horn with him and is like, where are you at? And he's like, hey, I've been sent over to this planet. Uh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine sent me over here to uh, kill off all of the Confederacy of Independent System leaders because he told them where to go hide. So he's like, "Uh, by the way, Darth Vader, go kill off all of the leaders and just end the war. We're good now. And so she's like, I'm on this planet. And Obi-Wan had been hiding out and snuck onto her ship and she goes to meet with Anakin they get there. She gets off the gets off the ship, and this is the lava planet. Gets off the ship, and she's like, "What? What the fuck's going on?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I just slaughtered all of the all the leaders of the Confederacy of the Independent Systems. Like we're we're good to go." And she's like, "Obi Wan told me that like you turned to the dark side and you killed a bunch of younglings." And he's like, "I don't want to talk about Obi Wan." And she's like, "What are you like?" She's like, "I." He's like, I can rule the galaxy. Like, I can overthrow the Emperor. Me and you can rule the galaxy together. And she's like, the fuck are you talking about, not crazy? Not plan. Yeah, like, this is not what we're doing here. And she's like, Obi-Wan was right. And he's like, bitch, quit mentioning Obi-Wan. And then all of a sudden, Obi-Wan literally, like, appears behind her and is like, yeah. I was hiding on your ship. And he's like, <laughs> so you brought him here to kill me? So he force chokes her. And chokes her into consciousness, and then basically is like, now we have to fight. So him and Obi Wan have this huge duel, and at the end of it, the infamous high ground. I have uh-huh. the high ground. Obi Wan overestimates his powers, like he has his entire uh, life. Yeah. Obi Wan had, had had trained him, had trained with him the entire time, 
And so like Obi-Wan, you, a lot of people are like, well, how did Anakin was so powerful? How did, so there were several forms of like lightsaber combat. Some were like the simplest form. One of them was like the most defensively proficient form. Anakin had a really aggressive form. And so Obi-Wan was like the master of this defensive form where basically he could defend himself so long you would tire yourself out and make a mistake and then he would be able to go mm-hmm. ahead and win. So he's fighting Anakin and, I mean, barely surviving against him the entire time. And finally, it comes to the point where Anakin overestimates it and tries to flip over him and, and Obi-Wan takes both of his legs off below the knees and his non-mechanical arm off. And he slides down the bank right next to this lava flow. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one. He's like, you weren't supposed to join the Sith. You were supposed to destroy him on all this. And Anakin's like, fuck you. I hate you. And then he catches on fire. And Anakin or Obi-Wan's basically watching him like burn. He's like, uh, I'm getting out of here. And goes and picks up his lightsaber. And he's like, I'm taking this though. Yeah. Yep. I got your crystal. I got your, I got your thing, bitch. <laughs> and leaves the planet. And because pa- he also has to go save Padme, who's unconscious, yeah. pregnant. He's like, I'm taking your shit. I'm leaving. So... He goes and he ends up meeting up with like another senator who was like against Sidious and everything. And Padme has the twins, Luke and Leia. And afterwards, she ends up dying. So Yoda's there, this guy named Bail Organa, who is the senator from Alderaan. And I mentioned Alderaan earlier. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, we need to separate these kids and keep an eye on them. These could be the last, you know they were born to the chosen one and everything. They could be our hope to restore the Jedi. We should separate them. And Organ is like, me and my wife have been trying to have, uh, we'd love to have a little girl. We'll, we'll adopt her. She basically, she becomes a princess at that point. Cause he's the ruler of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan is like, I guess I'm taking the boy to the desert to live with his freaking <laughs> water farmer family. And he's like, and I'll stay in the desert and keep an eye on him. So, he ends up... Is that as uh, just to keep an eye on him, or do you... Th- well, I guess he would have thought that Anakin was dead, though. He he did, I think, believe that Anakin was dead, because last time he saw him, he looked like a charcoal briquette. Okay, so it wouldn't be that he was protecting Anakin from... Or protecting Luke from maybe Anakin coming back to get him. I think him. he's... Just, he like, vis-a-vis maybe, a Harry Potter The type. other thing, too, is, you know, if Sidious went looking or had a suspicion oh, yeah. that Padme was okay. pregnant or something like that, because they could tell she was pregnant. Yeah. They just didn't know who it was from. Well... Sidious did and would know that if Anakin uh-huh. was dead, maybe those kids would make good apprentices if they came from that line. So, yeah, he basically takes him back to hide him. And you then have this period where the Empire is able to build its strength. The Empire or the Emperor, uh, he gets basically, he's in the Senate and he's like, well, now that the war is over, let's go ahead and create the first Galactic Empire and I'll be the Emperor. And everyone's like, yay, I guess. <laughs> he ends up finding Anakin, who looks like a fucking marshmallow that's been left in the fire and is able to like save him. But basically like he has to live inside a life support machine and Sidious is pissed because he's like, this was supposed to be the most powerful Jedi. He had fought against Yoda and Yoda had to end up like retreating and everything. And so he's like, this guy was supposed to be more powerful than Yoda. And he's like, Without, like, his arm and everything, he couldn't use Force Lightning. He would short out, like, the electronics and everything. Oh, okay. And again, like, think of it from, like, a biological perspective. If you're taking off an arm and below your legs, you got less mass, less blood cells. Your midichlorian count goes way down. You're not as proficient. So he's like, great, now I basically just have a cyborg that 
I'm going to have to just use as like an enforcer and an assassin. And then Anakin, basically, after he gets put into the Darth Vader suit, finds out his wife is dead. He had a hand in it. His kids are dead and everything. And now he's like, this is the only meaning that I have in life. So he basically just resigns himself to being just like a lapdog. Yeah, but a a scary one that everybody is terrified of. Uh Yeah, it's the only purpose he has. So that's where you get essentially the building of the Death Star occurs early on um, during this time. It actually even started like kind of during the Clone Wars. The senator was like, hey, I just found these plans for a super weapon and they were stolen by Dooku from the enemy. He's like, maybe we should build this thing. And they start building the Death Star. And Luke and Leia, both grown up completely different lives. Leia's a princess and starts getting into politi- politics. They still keep a, a Senate under the guise of like, yeah, the people still have representation because if they take that away, there's more of a chance for a rebellion. Yeah, there's chaos. Exactly. But at the same time, there is a rebellion that's already kind of brewing. Yeah. And that's where you get into like the original trilogy. The Death Star ends up being designed, and the guy that ends up designing the super laser that can destroy a planet doesn't even know what he's building. He thinks he's building, like, clean energy devices. So after he finds out what they're going to use it for, they basically kidnap him and threaten. They kill his wife, and then his daughter ends up escaping. And they force him, like, basically to work as a slave to complete this thing. And basically tell him, like, we're just going to keep killing people until you help us. So yeah. you're going to be responsible for it. So he feels like he has to. He's the guy that actually designs the weakness in the, in the Death Star. So when they steal the plans, it's actually his daughter that they get to steal the plans. They find out about this, and that leads right into A New Hope, where Luke ends up, you know, getting into the story and everything. And... Because of that, they have the plans, and that's why Luke is able to pilot the X-Wing and destroy the Death Star, because the guy designed a shaft that would lead all the way to the reactor to destroy it. The other reason is, is the Death Star is so big, they never anticipated being attacked by, like, basically it's like a, a elephant getting attacked by gnats. It was never going to be a danger, yeah. so, like, that's why their defenses were able to allow these smaller ships to get in. Hmm. So, Luke ends up, after... The Death Star gets destroyed. Darth Vader basically puts out a bounty to find out who this pilot is and finds out this pilot's last name is Skywalker. Like, you don't even change the fucking name. Yeah. And he's like, like huh, odd. And so he finds out basically, oh, shit, because he showed up to um, Padme's funeral and they made her still look pregnant. Really? Yes. Huh. So that way, because they figured that he would at least watch it or something like that if he was still alive and to make it look like she like, cause then if she didn't look pregnant, they're like, well, did they have the baby? Like what happened? So they end up doing that to keep the children hidden. And he finds out that basically, Oh shit, I have my kids fucking 18 and 19 now. So he goes to try and he's like, if I can find my kid and turn him, then we can overthrow the emperor. Cause I'm not strong enough to do it myself. I'm back in power, baby. Exactly. And so, Luke trains, you know, with Obi-Wan for a little bit until he sacrifices himself before the Death Star is destroyed. He then goes and finds Yoda, trains with Yoda a little bit, has the confrontation with uh, Darth Vader on Cloud City where he gets his hand chopped off, loses what was Anakin's lightsaber that Obi-Wan had given to him. And then in between um, an Empire Strikes uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he goes back to his home world and goes to Obi-Wan's house and finds all of his journals and finds out instructions on how to create a new lightsaber. 
and then he ends up building one that oh, looks... Oh, yeah, because there's no no Jedi anymore, so... No. He has and no, to and piece no all of this... He can't okay. get the, the Sith have, yeah. like, shut down the planet, and they get their crystals and everything. So he builds one that almost okay. looks like Obi-Wan's, because he's building off his instructions. Except his is green. And the reason... Because of his crystal. Because of the crystal. And also, fun fact, they made it green, because when they were shooting the scene in the desert... A blue lightsaber kept blending into the blue sky in the shots, and so that's how the green lightsabers came into being. That was the first instance of a green lightsaber. Really? Yeah, and then that just became part of it. That's awesome. So he ends up, you know, thinking I'm a full-fledged Jedi. The second Death Star ends up getting built. The Emperor is coming himself to oversee it. And so the Rebellion is like, we have one chance to try to take this thing out. We can take out the Emperor, take out the Death Star. And it ends up being a trap that the Emperor lays. And then gets reverse trapped to where the good guys end up still winning. Yeah. And during kind of the final duel, you have the space battle that's happening. And you have Luke fighting against his father in front of the Emperor and everything like that. He's able to essentially defeat Darth Vader, chops off his hand. But then Luke looks down and sees his mechanical hand. And he's like, I'm following the same fucking steps as my old man. Like, he's like, I'm getting ready to kill this guy. The Emperor's behind me just going, hey, good. Give in to your hate. Because he wants to make, he's like, he could be what Anakin was supposed to be. Like, this guy's fucking useless. He's like a charred robot. Yeah, he's Anakin 2.0. Exactly. He, he he's that, like, great. He's guy. like, I hope you killed Darth Vader and then you'll take his place. And, it, and Luke's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And he's like, all right, well, then I'm just going to kill you and start shocking him with force lightning. Anakin is finally like, that is my kid, and this old fucker is not very nice to me. I've had it out for this guy for a long time. He's like, and again, it's my kid. He's like, awesome. So he goes behind him, lifts him up. Well, when he lifts him up, he's basically sacrificing himself because he's running off a life support system, getting shocked by lightning. Yeah. Chucks the Emperor over the rail, and he ends up falling down like a reactor shaft, and then it ends up killing Darth Vader. But he's like, hey, take off my helmet. I want to see you. Sees his son, he's like, hey, you're right, I guess there was good in me. After literally massacring countless numbers of people, not to mention those pesky kids. Yep, Jedi's kids. Yeah, everybody. he's like, there was some good left in me. He's like, oh, all it took was your own son being tortured to death and also your vendetta against the old <laughs> guy who was fucking constantly torturing you. We all come to our good in different ways. Exactly. So... And and here's where it deviates essentially from what's Disney's doing, and then what I feel should have probably happened. Yeah. But and I'm gonna kind of wrap it up before getting into that. Essentially, in the way that it was. Are set we up not for gonna 20... talk about the most famous Star Wars line ever and how it's wrong? Yeah, we can discuss that. Okay. Are you talking feel... about the Luke? I am your father. Yeah. And how it's like Obi Wan never told you. He's like he told me you killed me. He's like no. I am your father. Yeah, it was just, I am your father. That that blows me away that anybody that's ever quoted that says that, but that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to say Luke to get people and be like, oh, he's going to say something about Star Wars. Uh -huh. Instead of just saying, I am your father and being like, no, you're not my, oh, you're doing a Star Wars thing. Ah, ha, ha. The, yeah. It's just it's, crazy It's 99% of the time it's said wrong. That's so nuts that something as popular from something that is as popular as this mm -hmm. is just misquoted. And everybody's yeah. like, it's almost like they like the misquote better than they like mm -hmm. the actual quote. So after all that shit goes down, the emperor is dead. Luke goes on basically the uh, New Republic forms and everything. 
And Luke goes on to essentially create like a new Jedi order, except he's a little more like lax about like all this stuff that would drive you fucking crazy. Like, Hey, you can't look at like, you can't have a relationship with whoever you want Mm -hmm. to like that shit will fucking wind you up tight. So like, he's kind of lax on certain things and the, the newer movies kind of touched on that. And then you get the whole fucking Ben solo Kylo Ren destroying the whole thing when I don't know. So (laughs) I, I have, I don't like all that kind of stuff. They had so many better options to go with on it and they, they went in the completely wrong direction, but you know, to catch you up to where we're currently at now, you get things like that take place after the empire when it's kind of on its heels. Cause again, this, you know, the empire, the emperor gets killed. The death star is gone. The Sith are gone. Darth Vader has died, but you still have this entire military that wasn't there at the time yeah. that was policing the rest of the galaxy. So you have what's called the Imperial remnant and all of these guys that were the Imperial heads of these sectors are either teaming up with each other or carving out, you know, carving out territory for themselves. Mm-hmm. They still have these, all these like star destroyer battleships, all these stormtroopers. like they still have the, the means to enforce this stuff. So the new Republic is also still in a battle to kind of like wipe these guys out. Good storylines. Yeah. So that's where you get the stories of like the Mandalorian. You start to see about that culture and everything. And then that's where you're getting like the, um, there's a series called Andor that's really good that explains during the rebellion before New Hope how the rebellion was actually financed and everything. And it's like a fucking Tom Clancy series. It's fucking awesome. Huh. Like even if you don't like Star Wars and if you just like espionage and like heists and everything, it's pretty fucking cool. Is it is this the John Favreau stuff? Yes. Okay. The John so John um Favreau and a guy named Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is like the godfather of like the Clone Wars. And he basically was a Star Wars kid when the original ones came out, uh-huh. then when the prequels came out, and they basically found the guy that knew everything about Star Wars and put him in charge of this section of Star Wars. It's worked out beautifully. And so you get now, we're getting into the story of like Ahsoka. So it's going to come back around to what you get to see happen with Anakin's Padawan. And that's okay. going to tie into a series that happened before the rebellion called Rebels that took place with all these other characters. So going to be some different ways that the stories are going. But now after having listened to this, you now have full, well, I guess not full, but a very good knowledge of the entire universe of star Wars leading up to current. I just, it amazes me so much how deep and in depth and detailed this kind of stuff is like the star Wars franchise in and of itself. It sounds like you said they kind of like almost contracted, choose your own adventure people to really expand the universe. If you compare like the established stuff that was written by like Lucas and the studio mm-hmm. and everything like that at this point, now with all the stuff that like Disney has done, Lucasfilm has done, it's probably 50% that the other 50% is all of this fiction that was written and authorized and everything like that. It's called legends is what they call it basically. But yeah, you still have all of that and they pick and choose little parts, but then they kind of bastardize them and take out the cool parts. Yeah. So you don't get like, and that those were the people that essentially after star Wars were the people that kind of kept it going because they were reading the books and kind of keeping that alive. And then when the prequels came out, it was just whole hog again. I, I would say even not having the connection of the Star Wars franchise, Star Wars has to be the most popular franchise to have ever existed, right? 
I yeah, mean, I, I, I would say it has been. And here's the it's thing, It's like too. Star Wars, Fast and the Furious. Don't fucking compare those two. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't fucking throw something at you right now. It's just, I'm going to throw the one thing that I shouldn't throw at you that is Star that. Wars related. Don't do that. Professor A.G. for my birthday. This is how big of a Star Wars fan I am. Professor A.G. got me a piece of the crate Dragon prop from the original Star Wars A New Hope, the one that C-3PO walks past in the desert during the first part when they're down on Tatooine. Yeah, I have a piece of that. So, But it, to me, it's just so incredible that this has ingratiated itself so much into culture that we have... I, and I think part it, of that it has its own culture. Well, part of that too, I think, was George Lucas pulled from actual culture to make it happen. So, like, isn't Jedi like some kind of Japanese samurai? It's based on samurai. Like, part of it was based on this movie called The Something Castle. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I mean, it was also somewhat inspired by like Flash Gordon, all that kind of stuff. My thing about it is all of the stuff that I find most interesting isn't the stuff that's the mainstream stuff. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, if I'm given a teaching episode and everything, chances are I'm going to go with something like this. If anyone's listened to the Lord of the Rings episode, you know that I love this shit. And so it's the stuff that really hasn't been brought to light that I actually find. I think that's where the most interesting stuff happens, because knowing all this, like if you just watch Star Wars, it's just kind of like, so that guy became a senator and then he was a Sith, but he was able to get all this power. Like that seemed pretty easy. Like he was able to just to kill off the Jedi really Mm -hmm. simply. But then when you find out, the centuries of planning it took and everything you're like oh shit we're just seeing the end of an elaborate fucking dance yeah it happened we're getting the beginning and the end but the middle is a very interesting or, story or you hear people like if you see if you're just watching the movie you're like how did anakin just go from like a jedi and then just turn evil all of a sudden it's like no like go back and like kind of think about it like you have a slave kid taken away from his mom doesn't get to see her for 10 years only gets to see her when she dies then find something to latch onto in the form of his wife, then has kids, so now he's going to get to start a family, and then starts having dreams that's going to get taken away. And although this evil guy, you know he's bad, he's like, I'm the one that can help you keep the only thing that it matters for you to keep right now. And then you lose that. And it's partially your own fault. Like, that's just a broken psychological character. Uh, he's got the character uh, yeah, character depth of, like, an iceberg. You, yes. You see things, but there's so much bubbling below the surface that exactly. you just have to put into the... And what's crazy is, like, so the guy that played him, Hayden Christensen, after the sequels came out, people really didn't like him. They're like, we feel like you completely butchered this, what we thought this character should be. And then all of this stuff comes out with the Clone Wars, the cartoon, and you get to see the development of the character and why he acts the way. And they uh-huh. they meshed it perfectly into how he acts in the movie. And it's like, oh, we... Sorry. We, yeah, exactly. And so now that's where you get, you know, this resurgence of fan love for certain characters. It's just, it's it's something that I've, I've grown up with and not, you know, going to say like it's been a huge part of my life and everything, but I before even doing this studying, like I read up on all this stuff and I would read this kind of stuff for fun. Well, I think it does really help too that all of the characters that are played in the movies, the cast, just the names that you mentioned, Samuel L. Jackson's in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Harrison Ford. Before uh, he was Harrison Ford. I mean, the the cast was like, that's how you knew those characters. And just to think about all of the famous people, um, fucking Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yes. Uh, Vader's 
James Earl Jones. Yeah, dude. James Earl Jones' voice uh-huh. is like, you can see James Earl Jones in fucking the Sandlot, and you're like, holy shit, that's Darth Vader's yeah. voice. Like, it's, yeah. it just resonates. I think resonates part of the reason they had him wearing those glasses was it because it was a weird Vader thing. I know yeah. he was blind and everything like that, but I feel like there was also some <laughs> of that be. element to it. It just, yeah. everything registers because you still see these people do so many other things. Well, and the whole point of this is like, it, it is such like a, you know, you can't go to Disney Plus or something and not see this. This could be something that, like, if your kid is like, I want to watch that, and you're like, I don't know anything about that. I don't want to watch that. Like, that it's a generational thing. Like, I like introducing my kid to stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And if one of the things is like, I don't know where to fucking start with Star Wars. I can't start a new show because I have no idea who these people are. Hey, I just gave you a two and a half hour outlet to listen <laughs> to this and be completely caught up on it. So I gave you the key. I gave you the key, put it in the lock, open the door, and step through people. All right, I'm going to keep it under... Or close to two and a half hours if we did our bathroom break. But I'm going to let you folks go. Adam, how do you feel? I, this is. Are you exhausted? I Not exhausted, just like fulfilled. Like I just found another branch. You up. Yeah. <laughs> I filled up your hyperspace lane. I, like me with goofy shit that comes out of left field. Where you're like, wow, you're into that. Like to be able to see the depth that you were into and to kind of bring me into your world. It's like this is a just a. An avenue that I've never gone down, but I totally understand why it's so addicting. All right. I'm going to leave with that. That was a beautiful compliment. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again this week, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, please follow us on our social media. Adam, hit him with it. Uh, our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod. And we are on Twitter at historically high. That's historically H.I. All right. And if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historicallyhighpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Peace.